Bueller. Bueller. Nobody puts a baby in a corner. Oh, gnarly! Hey, where's the beef? I want my MTV. I want my MTV! Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hello and welcome back to Living in the 80s. We actually made it to episode 4. I'm not alone again. I have um, hit the insane asylum. And uh, I have got a couple of uh, guys out on weekend pass. So I've got Randy Nelson and Jason Peitzmeyer here with me today. How are you doing today, gentlemen? Good. Doing good. Doing really well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that's good to hear. Excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. It'll be more fun for me, because i got a lot of fun festivities planned. So later on in the podcast, we're going to be talking about um, top serials of the 80s. And uh, following that, we will be talking about the uh, your favorite cartoons of the 80s. So I brought a couple experts with me, uh, just so I don't look like a complete buffoon, because I was sleeping through the 80s until about noon. So that's the thing. So... Uh, as always, um, thank you guys for coming. Um, we uh, are getting more and more people listening every week, so that's really cool. Uh, our Facebook page has now got 920 members in just four weeks, which crazy. I know it's crazy. Like when I put this thing together, it was just to pretty much get uh, you know get some friends invited, maybe do a podcast, a few people listen to a week. And it, it's it's taken off more than I thought it would. So that's neat. Uh, excited to get to a thousand. So I think that's very doable. Within the next three years, we should be able to get eighty more people. And Rob said, when it gets to a thousand, he will post a picture of himself topless. I mean, from the eighties. From the eighties topless, yes. <laughs> Which is much more appealing than the twenty twenty <laughs> topless Rob. So. Um, that's that's the housekeeping. I think that's it. The web page is coming soon. It's up, but I don't like it yet, so it'll be up. Uh, until then, uh, we're going to start off. Yeah, you know, go making ahead. Making a web page for an '80s podcast, you've got to make it load like it's on twenty-eight-eight or some slow dial. I, I think I can. <laughs> you better make that look take three minutes to load. <laughs> I think I can. Needs technology now. Like, like when you click to open it, it's got to have like the you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You've got mail. Yeah, oh, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. So uh, as we start off the typical week here at Living in the 80s, we are going to go with, um, let's go back in time. All right, this week we're going to take a look back at the year 1982. Randy, what do you remember about 1982? Um, I, I, I gotta watch how I say it. I was a gleam in my daddy's eye in 1982. Uh, so you're saying that maybe you were conceived in 82. Uh, yes, I would have been. Yeah, <laughs> so, my, my parents would have had a, uh, consensual relationship in 82 and. Okay, that's, well that's, that's, that's probably what you need to know about your parents right now. I don't remember a thing. What about you, Jason? You were alive in 82. I was eight years old in 82, so my world revolved around um, Star Wars toys and cartoons, So, which is probably why I'm on here today. That is why you're on here today. <laughs> so, top five shows, 1982. We'll start with number five. 
Okay. One of my all-time favorite 80s shows, Dukes of Hazard. That classic. I don't oh, care yeah. what generation you're born in. I could watch the original Dukes of Hazard today. My brother Kevin has seen everyone, I think, and he was born in 87. I think, Great show. I think we can call him Kevin Duke. Kevin, probably. Kevin Duke. I think not because he likes to go in the bathroom a lot. He wears Daisy <laughs> Kevin Dukes. He does wear he does wear Daisy Dukes. Who in the eighties didn't though? I mean, you know, <laughs> nobody up, in, up until you know. Well, he had funny? those gym shorts that were just a little too short. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where they got the name shorts. Shorts. <laughs> yeah, they weren't longs like no. they are now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they go down to your knee or. Blade. That's a great. I'm surprised that's number five. Actually, that's a great show, and I think that it, it stands the test of time. I know there's in recent years in the re, the terrible remake they did. Uh, was it terrible? I liked it. I enjoyed I, it. I enjoyed it for the comedic factor, but it wasn't. It, it was a spoof. On it's Sean Patrick that. Scott. Mm-hmm. That's the um, guy that played uh, Johnny Knoxville and, and Johnny yeah, Knoxville. yeah, yeah. Those guys. And then Jessica those guys Simpson are in that that like two year window where she was really hot. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, it kind of showed bringing the General Lee with the the rebel flag into Atlanta in the modern age. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, there's some some tensions there depending on who you talk to. But the show itself. Always had a fun theme. It always had action. Right? Yeah. I mean, they wrecked hundreds of cars um, throughout the series in that the General League, to this day, is still one of the coolest cars to ever grace the screen, big or small. Yeah. Randy, you might know this. Jason, maybe you do. Do you guys know what kind of car the General Lee was? Oh, absolutely. Challenger. 1971. Hit me Challenger. 1969 Dodge Charger, boys. What? Oh, was it the Charger? Yeah. It was yep. Charger? Yep, it's a Charger. You're right. Yep. Again, at that age, you know, matchbox cars was what I knew. Yes. I didn't know Actually, I do have the Hot Wheels <laughs> of General Lee. I don't think I have that one. I, I do. Might. It's a remake. I didn't. It's right. not an original. I wasn't playing with toys at that point. Speaking of Dukes of Hazzard, I mean, you guys touched on this last week, but I think one of the coolest things about any kind of 80s television, whether it's cartoons or TV shows, is just they had really awesome intro music. Very oh, yeah. memorable intro yeah. music. Yeah, we talked about that. Talked about You guys touched, you and Matt touched on that last week, the... Uh, intro music today. I think the biggest thing these days we we want everything here and now. Yep. But back then, mm-hmm. that music was the time for you to finish getting your cereal or your drink or whatever your mm-hmm. your pizza on a plate and get into the room because you knew the show was coming on. You knew every lyric to it. You knew every part of every scene. Fix the rabbit ears. Make yeah, sure yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> you couldn't skip commercials back then either. That's when I got no. my food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you had to you had to be fast. You had a couple minutes and. If it came on, you missed it. You couldn't pause it. Um, get no. back to it. Nope. No, there was no streaming. That is, that is a great intro song. And our co-host today is Jackson. Jackson is... Bark is much bigger than his bite. So His bark is bigger than him. Yes. Jackson looks like a very, very intimidating ball of lint. <laughs> Do you remember... Intimidating, Fizz? really? Remember Fizz Gate the Dark yeah. Crystal? No. no. No? No. Do you remember the Dark... Oh, my God. Dark no. Crystal, Jim Henson's... Uh, animatronic Muppet movie. Um, they no, actually no. made a, a TV series on Netflix. I like have heard of it, but never actually. Yeah. No, there, there was nothing. a little tiny ball of fuzz that rolled. It didn't even have legs, and it just had teeth. And that just reminds me of Jackson. <laughs> That's great. So Dukes of Hazard was number five. That was a great show. Um, speaking of themes, do you guys know who sung the theme of Dukes of Hazard? A country guy. It was a country guy. No. Or no. I know this. See, we just talked about kind, this kind, for kind, of the, kind of the right era. You're going to for, you're going to forget when you're asking. And I said I will. I know who it is. I've downloaded it several times. I've listened to the, video, the actual video, and I'm going to hate myself when you say it. Because <laughs> I was kicking myself when you and Matt were missing things last week. Yes. 
All, all, all of my 80s aficionados listening right now are going, it's Waylon Jennings, Randy. Waylon, Waylon it's Waylon, Waylon Jennings. It's right on the tip of my tongue. So if you, one of the highwaymen. Yes. I knew that. If you can get Waylon Jennings to do your the theme song. Today. I, Did I, you really? I, nice. I, I, I mean, Johnny Cash is probably my all-time favorite artist. If I can only listen to one artist for the rest of the time, it'd be tough, but it'd probably be Johnny Cash. So you get you get me into the, the Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson. Johnny Cash, first concert I ever went to. Yes, you told me that. I'm so jealous because <laughs> I was too young. Like I, I, never I shook his hand. You, you've told me that many this times. This hand. Hey, I'm not going to shake it. You probably got coronavirus on it right now. But mine was, I, I probably do. Mine was Conway Twitty. Conway Twitty. Mine was my, DC Talk. My dad was a my dad was a big old country like um, you know Statler Brothers and George Jones and Conway Twitty and he he took me to a Conway Twitty concert. Nice. Wait, I guess my first official concert was a Sons of Grace concert. <laughs> it's, but I'm not well, sure if that really, counts. I don't. I see. Well, they played. They, your your they grandpa played, would promote this stuff as concerts. I saw them more as like gospel scenes. We had a tour bus. His <laughs> concert to me is like there would be some dance. They played some in music, arena. Some, that counts. Well, that may have been a concert, but you probably saw them in a church. I, I traveled <laughs> with them. I saw them. I saw them in a church of twelve people, and I saw them in an arena. <laughs> okay, I grew up so on the bus. so sometimes they're in gospel scenes. Sometimes they're in concerts. Oh, agree. Sometimes they were size just like of the venue. I cantatas. think cantatas. Cantatas. <laughs> All right. So number five, Dukes of Hazard. Number four. Alice. Never seen it. So Alice, single mom. She... All I know from Alice is that she was the maid on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yes, she was. That's Yes. Yeah. And at the di- at Mel's Diner. And, at Mel's Diner, yes. So it, I th- it took place in either Arizona or New Mexico. Um, Alice was, uh, it was on for several years. Uh, pretty big following member. My mom mm-hmm. and dad would watch it. Uh, her son, Tommy, was played by Philip McEwen who was the brother of Joe on Facts of Life, okay. Nancy oh, McEwen. Okay. So, now yeah, a little connection there. Anyhow, he passed away this past December, so. Oh. He, he was... <laughs> what a roller coaster ride this yeah, was. Yeah, really. So, I'm learning, I'm learning, we get he there. died. And he died, yes. <laughs> All right. So, the number four was Alice. Number three, Three's Company. Yes, classic. Love it. It was a classic Speaking show. of theme songs, that was a great one. As yes. soon as you're coming, knock on our door. Yeah. Like, everybody's into it. Yeah. yeah. Who sung and, that? No clue. B.J. Thomas, who I, raindrops keep falling on my head. Okay, that guy, okay. It's him, and he later how, yeah. became a big Christian singer. Nice. I didn't know that. And I, I can't remember who the name, gr- yeah. I can't remember who the girl was that sang along with him. Um, but you know, she's not important. You, yeah. you remember him? Yeah. S- speaking of, nobody uh, remembers female vocalists ever. Aside from <laughs> the opinions fresh by Randy Nelson, do not necessarily <laughs> reflect the views of Living in the Eighties podcast. Hey, I, I told you I'm I love Stevie to Nicks. Steve, I do like Stevie Nicks. Yes, and we have a female I singer. I love female vocalists. That was a joke. Calm down. Don't hate Rob. <laughs> we do have a female singer in our top three uh, songs later, but that's later. Number two, the Jeffersons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Again, on one of the best themes of <laughs> all time. Oh my god! Come, come on! <laughs> on Jeff- now. Jeffersons can be summed up in one word: wheezy. But, oh, I mean, wheezy. It's like, it's, yes. You said it fifty times every yes. episode. Well, it's it's fun fun story. Back in the early 80s, it was not uncommon for men to have perms. Mm-hmm. My dad had a perm, and he's not real tall anyway. He looked like a white George Jefferson. Because he, like he, had, he had the mustache. Like. He looked, had the mustache. He did kind of look like a Q-tip. But uh, yeah, Benny Q-tip fought. So that's his rap name. He's cute. <laughs> he is gonna I beat pay me. Money to hear Benny rap. <laughs> he, he he's really Man, gonna beat me. He still can. So Q-tips laying down some sick beats, yo. That's right. And that was our white guy, Jason. 
<laughs> that just said that. So good job, solidifying Jason. my white. That's bias. right. So the Jefferson uh, George owns a dry cleaner. Uh, him and his wife Louise, you know, they they become you know kind of get into some money because of the success of the chain of dry cleaning stores, and they move up to a high rise apartment, and they you know. What is there not? You've got the 70s, 80s. You've got uh, a couple folks up down the hall from a biracial couple. They're not bi. They're not biracial because it's like she's she's black and he's white, and they have a biracial daughter. So, so they're a mixed couple. Well, yeah, they're like, mixed. Yeah, yeah. I was. What was the word? Oh yeah, yeah they're mixed. Futuristic couple. <clears throat> yes, they were ahead of their time. Yes. Yeah, so the, so a lot lot of jokes around that. Now my and then the the like the. Penultimate of that whole thing is when George Jefferson met Archie Bunker. I was going to say, I was just about to say, my favorite parts was watching George Jefferson and Archie Bunker go back and forth. Yeah. So, what does penultimate mean? I, and that's that Ulti- was my next question. Ultimate tippy top. Okay, well, the, the Jeffersons <laughs> Wait, actually so were a spinoff. If, if, if penultimate means the ultimate tippy top, what's ultimate mean? <laughs> yeah, and one step just down. regular ultimate. <laughs> wow, this is like read the it waves just, levels at beat of or it something. It sounded levels. like a really cool word, and I think it fits. Like, like when it you get the hot on your wing sauce, there's still seven more. Like, <laughs> that's that's what right. the hot is. That's right. Um, yeah, um, the Jeffersons were a spinoff of All in the Family. Yes. So Also, a fantastic intro. Yes, yes it was. Yeah. Um, he didn't sing is still one of my favorite memories <laughs> as a child. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. I mean, that was, that was yeah, that's Jason, guys. He can sing, too. I can sing. I hate my voice, but I can sing. Oh, come on. Don't sell yourself. Well, everybody struggling. can sing if they hate their voice. That's fine. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Let it rip. <laughs> Number one show this week, 1982, of course, Dallas. Dallas. Never seen it. Yeah. Uh, it was a nighttime soap opera. My mom watched it, and I... so therefore I... Had to watch it. Well, is that? And I don't remember liking it. It was on after Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. So I was probably playing. Well, that's the thing. Back no. in the eighties, if the one TV in the house was watching Dallas or whatever was on, mm-hmm. you were at least hearing it because there's nothing else to do except color yeah. and coloring books or read a comic. So you're at least hearing. You you don't have headphones in usually. Yeah. You don't have a smartphone. So yeah. Yeah. I never. Well, I I did, I did have my electronic football and baseball games that I would play. There you go. At the, at the age that I was at, Dallas was just way over my head, and I was I was not into it whatsoever. I do remember the whole "Who Shot Jr." Uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that big thing. Um, but you were talking about Dallas came on after Dukes of Hazard. I seem to remember the Incredible Hulk coming on after Dukes of Hazard. Um, you know what? You could be right. Yes, I think it was Dukes of Hazard at eight, the Hulk at nine, Dallas at ten, which is really strange because you got the kids really into the Hulk and, and Dukes of Hazard, yeah. And then after that, you get your Dallas. Yeah, it was my bedtime. Bedtime. But it was Friday night though, so I could sit till eleven. So you when could. Dallas was off, but those of us that weren't ninety-seven in the eighties could not stay up as soon as we wanted. Yeah, I still had a bedtime through the eighties. So nice. Yeah. So uh, we, we have chosen. We decided last week that sixty minutes will always be in the top three throughout the eighties, but nobody cares. So I don't we're not see even talking top three it. because. I'm now 36 years old. I've never once met somebody that has religiously watched 60 Minutes or 2020. Because they're all dead like now. NBC. They're yeah. all dead like, now. Like everybody. Folks, I don't remember my folks ever watching it. Maybe my grandparents. Because we went to church on Sunday nights. I, yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, all right. So heathens watch it, I guess. <laughs> that's the top five shows of uh, this week in 1982. All right. So the top five movies. 
this week in 1982. Uh, before we jump into that, Rob, I need to offer a uh, correction. Yes. I looked it up, and apparently penultimate means next to ultimate. Next to ultimate? So ultimate is ultimate. Randy was right. Oh, nice. So ultimate is ultimate, and penultimate is right below ultimate. It's the next step. Down. I will take it. So. Awesome. Which is above both of them. <laughs> <laughs> as far as we can tell today. All right, so top five movies this week in 1982. Number five, Porky's. Okay. This this is American Pie before American Pie. It is. Yes. I've seen Porky's and Porky's too, and I saw them at an age way younger than I should have. <laughs> so that I will call it. Well, I, we talked earlier about some movies I hadn't seen because I was so young. Uh, I, I probably didn't see them, honestly, until the mid-90s, but early to mid-90s. But at that time, I was still probably too young to see any Porky's movies. Yeah. But, my, um, well, obviously, my parents were very conservative, and I wasn't allowed to see any movie. PG, GR, didn't matter. I wasn't allowed to see any movie until my parents saw it first and, and rated it and decided whether or not I could see it. So I don't even think Porky's was an option. So I, I still, to this day, haven't actually seen it. So um, when I was a kid, I remember this movie, well, actually as a teenager, because I would be um, uh, listening to, uh, um, I just got a message pop up here. Thank you. So here we go. Um, got uh, some clarification, some additional clarification on um, penultimate. Oh, nice. So uh, second to last in the, in the specific sense of ultimate meeting final. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's from my steps on Tabor. So thanks, Tabor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, por- back to Porky's. Um, I would, uh, back in, in these days, we had cable. And um, our the TV, like we had a TV in the living room, and then we had another one in the basement. Oh, you was rich. Oh, we were rich. <laughs> the, the one in the basement was not as good as the one upstairs. But um, me and my brother would watch stuff that we weren't supposed to down there, like Porky's. And I remember us, like, we'd have to get real close to the TV with the volume turned down as low as we could still hear it, but no one else could. Right. And so I learned a lot <laughs> of... of Bad, bad things. Watching Porky's, so that was a that was a very popular movie back mm-hmm. in the day, and uh, that was uh, that was. Speaking it. of how technology has changed things, oh yes, nowadays yes. everything's at your fingertips on a smartphone. Oh yeah, you can get your iPad out and back watch. in my day we had to watch Roadhouse to see that. It's a and it was from what I remember. I haven't watched it since probably I was a teenager, but yeah, pretty funny film. Yes, I remember you were talking about having cable and watching that on the other TV. Um, we had Cube. Right? Uh, yeah, we had Cube. You had Cube? Yes. And you had that big black box yep. that had like the A, B, and C mm-hmm. channels. And then like there was like 10 buttons on either side. And then as, like if you go to A, that was all your local channels, you know, and 4, 6, 10, 28 or whatever. You go to B, that's some Man, cable channels. Man, all you You go to B, and then you'd have to pull the insert out and turn it so you know what pick, what channels were on B. Then you go to the C, and that was all like the premium stuff. That's where you'd get like the, the you know the the messed up you know porn channels and yeah. So yeah. actually, oh, wow. I, I remember it completely different because you had the the PC and the T. T was television, C was community, P was premium. Oh, okay. And those buttons were on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you put you'd push like P four to watch like a pay per view movie, but there was a key that you'd have to put in mm-hmm. to turn it. Your parents would have the key, of course. 
and that's how you would do it. Now, P10 was porn, mm -hmm. but if you took a refrigerator magnet and put it on the bottom, like a real strong magnet, it would act like the key, and it would not show up on the bill. And Or so um, you've heard. Yeah, no, we would have heard. Yeah. We would have yeah. been beaten. So so all the P channels, we'd watch movies on there with this huge refrigerator magnet my brother Chuck got from somewhere. So that's what I'm going to guess a refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking probably. I'm thinking no, like like the like the not like right. I know what you mean the yeah. magnet that yeah. actually closes that. the refrigerator. Right. Yes. Um, no, actually, it's kind of part of the, the motor of the refrigerator. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, it's it, you could like take it here, and that lamp from across the room would just like go to the oh. magnet. Uh, so number four, an officer and a gentleman. Never huh. seen it. Never seen it. It was okay. <laughs> okay. Of course, Jason's seen it. Uh, all I know is uh, Richard Gere, Deborah Winger, Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, and then um, I know some of those. People. And then Up Where We Belong was a number one song. One Jennifer song. Cocker or Jennifer Warnes and Joe Cocker. Or is that the lovely dust up yep. where we belong? Yes, know. one of that, the worst was, songs of the eighties. That was the, uh, the where the, the eagles fly. The, the classic. And that's scene Randy singing. She's working in like a factory or a laundromat or something, and. He goes in and his his dress whites and goes and like picks scoops her up and walks off with her and everybody's clapping. See, That's about the only spot I saw. Yeah. In twenty twenty, yeah. we call that kidnap. Yeah. Possibly yeah. rape. Yeah. Uh, but in yeah, the eighties, yeah. abduction. That was, that was fair. That was that's, fair game. That's in the 80s. actually been, That's right. been. You take your woman, you carry her out. <laughs> that's, that's, been, that's been mocked and used in a lot of. There was the Simpsons actually even did that. And Is the there anything the Simpsons did. haven't mocked? <laughs> yeah. But uh, another thing I remember is that uh, Louis Gossett Jr. just kicking the literal trash out of Richard Gere. Because Louis Gossett Jr. Literal was like trash. his... The yeah, literal was, trash. Like, was, like cans I'm and, 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 and Twinkie it's, wrappers are flying out, <laughs> banana peels. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm trying to make this G-rated. You Thank know, you, sir. Uh, I appreciate that. But, um, but yeah, because I guess Louis Gossett Jr. was the, uh, the uh, drill instructor. It was an OC. It was an officer training candidate school. And Richard Gere had basically like been this slick guy where he was um, people were paying him to shine his shoes and he had all this stuff hidden in like ceiling tiles in the barracks and trying to get around the system. And Louis Casadouche basically just called him out and said, "You've been, you know, you haven't done anything for yourself and and all." Of you that know stuff. a lot about this movie. I I have seen it. You do. Well, see, I have. I, I mean, that's I, fine. I just I'm, I never yeah, heard this like, much. Like about I said, I, I have a I have a, a sponge memory. So if I just see something once, I have a sponge I cake memory. <laughs> sponge mm. cake. Twinkies are sponge yeah. cake. Mm. Usually, my memory is like a steel trap, you know, rusted shut. But um, <laughs> but when it comes to like movies or music or TV or whatever, I just. <laughs> I absorb it. like still reserve. How's your mind do? I, I forget. Like, 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 yeah, he just, that's a cool noise. Thank you. I've never heard that noise before. <laughs> All right, number three on Golden Pond. I've uh, heard of it, no idea, never seen it. I actually saw this movie in a theater because I went with a, a girl to see this movie. Yeah, that's and what I, you say about every movie. And I actually... Did I, <laughs> I actually, you ever see a good movie with a girl? Did you watch The like? Notebook? <laughs> oh, yeah. Was it with a girl? Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. Titanic with a girl. Have to. You, those you have Plot to see. Plot twist. It was all robbed by himself with a box of tissues in a theater. <laughs> yeah. I'll and never let you go. <laughs> Jack! Go, 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 go. There's more than enough room on the door, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Just scoot your big butt over. Um, so on Golden Pond, I remember it not being that bad. I don't think I've seen it since. Like I, I've seen it like on Amazon Prime, like oh hey, here's on Golden Pond. It. But I 
So it's not that good of a movie. No, not enough to bring me back. Nope. That, okay. See, okay. Henry like Fonda, Catherine Cabrera. So far, was it? Because all even yeah. the people that have seen it, like, yeah, I've not watched it since 1982. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that big shout out to my mom, Kathy Stammen, because this was this was her movie. She absolutely loved on Golden Pond. This and uh, the Thornbirds. I remember was, the Thornbirds. Never really saw that either. Her too. Yep. So yeah. Um, Henry Fonda, Catherine Hepburn, an old married couple. Their daughter is Jane Fonda, who's, of course, um, yeah, the uh, Hanoi Jane. Yeah, we don't like her. <laughs> anyhow, um, they're struggling with old age and all that's all I remember. But it was uh, they they had a little place on this pond. So didn't anyhow. he have like Alzheimer's and or dementia, and he was slowly deteriorating? And something that was, like, like that. They went there for like his last hurrah. Maybe. Something. Something Maybe, like yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you guys talk to each other. You look at me for input. I have no clue what you're talking about. Don't no. chime in, Randy. I just anytime. wanted to see the stupefied look on your face. Like, why are we talking about eye. on Golden Pond? <laughs> Number two. Now we're talking Rocky Three. Okay. Yes. Classic. Yes. You can find all five of those on most streaming services now. I've watched all five after I had my hernia surgery a couple mm. years ago. Back to back to back to back, all in one day. Loved it. It was a great day. At the end of the day, I was in pain, smiling ear to ear. <laughs> I, I think, I think, honestly, is, I mean, everybody loves Rocky IV. Everybody yeah. loves Ivan Drago and the big fight against the Russians. Yeah, you know that's like that's like the you know number one. But my my secret guilty pleasure, I think Rocky III is my favorite. I loved Clubber Lang. Uh, well, I'm I loved Mr. T. I loved Vinny Barakas, and I mean, I think I even posted on the. And if you don't like Mr. T, you're racist. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think, I think all, and here's the thing with the Rocket, there's so many films that I love, there are very few that the whole series Mm -hmm. kind of still stands up today. Back to the Future. Yeah. If it's on TV, I could watch it right now and love it. Uh, uh, Rambo. Rambo's one of those where he goes in and fights the Russians in the ring. Yeah. Rocky is, is, but it's one of those where any one of them, like there are some I like, one or two I like better than the others, but mm-hmm. I'm with you. I love three. I think three was just as good as four. Yeah. Um, honestly, when I watched them all five back to back, I kind of thought four was just on par with three. I, I kind of put them in equal. I don't think yeah. it was that much better. Yeah. I mean, I would three agree. three was. I mean, you had the you had the death of Mick, which was hard. Right. You mm-hmm. had Clipper Lang, which one thing I found out that was really interesting about this movie is that um, for authenticity, Mr. T and Sylvester Stallone actually traded real blows. Mm, it nice. wasn't. It wasn't like you know the the Hollywood stunt double type. I mean, they were actually really, you know, really hitting yeah. each other, and I thought that yes. was really awesome. But I mean, you know, Mr. T, uh, I I would like put on all of my mom's jewelry and run around the house and just <laughs> grunt to myself, hey, "Fool, the fool!" He's going on all the turquoise necklaces, and yeah. earrings. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like you know <laughs> Some rouge. Go, go to the fair and you get like one of those feather the clips, clip you know, ones, yeah. clip that onto my ears so I'd have a feather earring. I mean, like I was like. If, if my mom would have like given me five minutes to myself, I the, probably would have shaved a mohawk into my head. Y'all are the generation that makes fun of the way kids dress today. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there. Well, not that the '90s every fashion gener- was any better. Every but. generation makes fun of the yeah. way kids dress today. But see, we did it on just purpose. Just put it out there. Not, not because we're eating. Not, not yes. because we're eating Tide Pods. We, we actually did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so here here's one of my favorite Rocky Three memories, and he has hasn't been mentioned yet. You saw it with a girl. No, I didn't. Okay. I, I, saw, I saw it. I saw it with. Uh, I actually, I think I saw it the first time with my younger brother Mark. Okay. Uh, we went to the movie theaters in the winter, um, and we were slip sliding, got all the way to Southland Mall, saw the movie. But one of my f- favorite things about that movie was Hulk Hogan. 
Yes. Yeah. Thunder lips. Thunder lips. <laughs> yes. So here's a fun fact. So at they that, a list of Hulk Hogan too. Do what? Was he rocking the bald head in that movie? Who? Hulk Hogan. No, he had his blonde hair then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, to that point, uh, professional wrestling was not really good. Well, I would no. It's <laughs> it's actually better before that. I agree. It's but, better then than it um, is now. But. Uh, it wasn't like on the map. It wasn't part of popular culture, so to speak. It was yeah. just like you catch like, it on cable six oh five on Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, there was regional territories throughout, which we're going to do a whole other episode on um, on, on on wrestling from the eighties eventually. But um, one of the things that uh, that happened then is because of that movie, like Hulk was wrestling in the AWA American Wrestling Association. Mm-hmm. And it was a regional territory based out of Minneapolis. So a lot of that part of the country, wrestling was very regionalized back then. Mm-hmm. But it kind of put Hulk Hogan on the map. So when that movie came out, very shortly after Vince McMahon, we all know who that guy is from the WWF. From the XFL. In the XFL, yes. <laughs> he, um, yeah, that, that's how kids today know him. Um, so he, uh, he hired Hulk Hogan and... Almost overnight, wrestling took off, and two years later, oh. WrestleMania happened. Yeah, and he, he put a name Saturday on it. morning cartoons, yeah, the cereal, oh, and the, the, everything. The, wrestler, the wrestlers were almost just as popular as any other TV or well, movie actor, yeah, because yeah. you had they they were actors though back yeah. then. I mean, the wrestling is I don't care what anybody says is very fake, but very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it came with pre-reality TV show drama. It's scripted drama before we knew what scripted drama was. Right. right. So I think wrestling was really the first quote-unquote reality show and those guys, when you get somebody that's been on the big screen behind it, I mean, McMahon was a genius. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a brilliant yeah. move. I would, I would, it's funny because you say wrestling is fake. I wouldn't say it's scripted. It's scripted, but, but they take blows. I'm but, not saying but, that. Yeah, when I think fake, I think you punch and you miss the face by three inches. Like yeah. these well, guys, these guys hit each other. Yeah, no, and they, they get do, hurt and they, they died. And yeah, they have died. That's, that's I'm not saying true. that. When I say like, it's fake, I mean it's not like you're going into a cage against another fighter. And it's you know it's, it's, it's not, not UFC. It's, it's not, not organic. Right. That's it's what. Not, yeah. yeah, I'm not saying it's fake. As in nobody gets hurt or none of that. You definitely got to be well. Mm-hmm. Most of them were in shape. There was <laughs> yeah, Dusty Rhodes was there was in some, round shape. I mean, when yeah. you got a sumo wrestler coming out, you got. I mean, Andre the Giant was just massive He's human just being. Big. Yeah, he drank beer more than he did any lifting weights or anything. Yep. But that's when I now I grew up in that era where the, the 80s and in the 90s where I loved wrestling. So don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, yep. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Anybody with props, when you bring a snake out of a bag, yeah. when you bring a two-by-four out, when you come out with the bagpipes blaring, like that stuff I love. Yeah. And what really ruined wrestling for me was in the 90s when the whole NWO started coming around. That was, um, see, to me, that was the, only the thing I liked end, about of, that. end of the good, of the best era. That's, I, that's what I'm saying. I agree. Um, I grew up watching the the, flat, the Ultimate Warrior and Sting when they were bright collars and you mm. know very flashy. Yep, I love uh, the Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate yeah. Warrior and Junkyard Dog. I think were my two favorite guys. Mm. Yeah, I think Roddy Friday Piper was my favorite just because the whole kilt. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just so weird back yeah. then. Even though everybody else is in like spandex. So in underwear. So I was watching Roddy Piper before the era of before wrestling was big, and the dude again. This will be a whole other episode. Um, he could the way that he could turn a crowd one way or the other was was yeah. like like nobody before or since. Yeah, Ric Flair was very 
very much like his equal at that time. Woo! Yes. See, I, that's but, what uh, I'm saying. So many people talk about Ric Flair, and I think he was very much entertainer. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's as the best. Like people make it out to be iconic. No, I put I put Piper. He'll, yeah. he'll me even, personally, I'll put Piper over Ric Flair any day. As, as a Rick, personality, Ric Flair will players. even say that he wasn't really that good a wrestler. He had good people around him. Yeah, he could do his thing. He was and he, he was athletic and talented. Oh yeah, yeah. but as far as pure wrestling ability, like Ricky his Steamboat, was more, yeah, his was he was the best type. When, when Ray Mysterio came out, that's when everybody went, "Oh crap!" <laughs> now people are like flying through there and doing twists and stuff. Yes. Do you guys um, do you guys remember Doink the Clown? Yeah, came in no, towards the end. No, I don't. he was he was uh, Matt Bourne who actually mm-hmm. played like a lumberjack type character. Yeah, I saw that for that. Matt, Matt Bourne, yeah. Matt Bourne, yeah. Matt Bourne identity. identity yeah. It's a yeah. story of a wrestler who becomes a clown. Actually, a <laughs> uh, uh, little fun fact: uh, Don't the clown. Matt Bourne lived in Grove City. Did he? Yeah, and I worked at Ponderosa over on Stringtown Road before it burnt down. I have an alibi. And, you worked uh, at Ponderosa, didn't you? It's Circleville. Circleville. For a month and a half. Yeah. The Ponderosa reunion. Oh. <laughs> you know, Pounder, uh, Pounder Roaches. Ponderosa. <laughs> Ponderosa. Yeah. But he actually used to come in um, all the time and eat, and I'd wait on him. Wow, that's yeah. cool. I worked security for, at the arena when the wrestlers came to town, so I got to meet, uh, like I got to meet Booker T. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the, this is this was in the early mid two thousand, so I didn't get mm-hmm. the eighties guys. But the the cool thing is, I will say of all the events I worked at the arena, the hockey players were okay. Some of the bands I got to work for were okay, but the wrestlers and the professional bull riders were the coolest. Nice. Just most chill guys. They go out there and either get beat up by a board, another guy, and walk backstage, and they'd be hanging out and always real polite. But at least you, all the ones I met. You would actually be in, surprised how many wrestlers go to Comic Cons or their guests at Comic Cons. I believe it. I've seen Ric Flair, that, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. And well, Comic Con uh, and all those like events have become more popular culture than yeah. true comic geeky yeah. nerdy stuff. Like, you know, it is what it is. All right, so. Rocky Three is the number two movie. The number one movie, E.T. The Extraterrestrial. Classic. Drew Barrymore. Yes. I mean, got a got a big kickstart there. Never um, liked the movie. Really, uh, it surprises me as nerdy as man, you are. You went off on Golden Pond. You don't like E.T. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like seriously. I, we got, I, we got I, more I, details on an officer and a gentleman. I, yeah. Right. Oh, E.T. is not e. good. Man. I do too. E.T. was great. That was I, one I do remember while I was young. Yeah. I remember seeing that still in the eighties and. Uh, I mean, who doesn't? Who has not in their life said ET phone home or done the idiot? Like, I do it every day. It's every, to yourself still no two people yeah. in public. They look at me like, yeah. It's like it is an iconic movie, and it kind of to me. And again, I grew up in a different era, and I I'm going to get so much flack for saying this, but the whole like the the, the wonderment of what's in space came out of the 40s, the 50s. You know, there's mm-hmm. big UFO crashes and all this. We got Star Wars, right? Uh, the whole the whole space fights movies. They're cool, but I never really got into them. But E.T. was that one where, like, okay, now we've got one of these guys here on Earth. And yeah. it kind of made that connection. It wasn't just having somewhere, some other galaxy far, far away. And that galaxy came to us. You're right. Yeah. He's yeah. here now, which is funny I mentioned that because we've seen him in those movies now. So right. there's a tie with the, the Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's that tie there. But, yeah, I loved E.T. growing up. I think, I don't know, I mean... I get the movie. I enjoyed. I enjoyed watching the movie as a kid. I think I just got over at that age. Got over inundated with so much ET stuff for so long. It, it was everywhere. It you was said just, you like Space Wars. You've been getting over inundated with that for four but decades. See, I like. I I love. Um, 
I loved the Close Encounters of the Third Kind more than I liked E.T. I mean, that's that, fair. That, that's a good movie. That, that, that movie's very underappreciated as yeah. far as yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I liked The Last Starfighter. I liked Enemy Mine. I, think, I would say I liked, that E.T. was geared more towards the younger, but there were, more family. There, there's oh, yeah. something about the sound, like the sounds in the movie. For some reason, I always pick up on that. But the way that the way that the sound and the audio was done in that movie, it just it irritated me. And I don't we've know gone why. to fourth level geekdom now. <laughs> yeah, Wait till being, I get going. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about how these kids are offended. He's over here offended by sounds, sounds and movies. And blips. Yeah, auditorily hurt I mean, by I, movie. because I think that has a lot to do with how I remember things is by sounds. You know, Rob and I were talking about the Waltons, and I was like, I was so young, I couldn't tell you about any episode or what happened. But I remember the theme song. I remember the screen door had a squeak to it. Yeah. I remember the sound of what the people sounded like. I it's remember just, the way that one phone that hung on the wall rang. Yeah, and yep, it's, that but that's but it's the sounds is what actually helps with my memory and remembering things. Huh. And so when I think of ET, I didn't like how it sounded. So I'm you not should a fan. watch it again today and see if you still feel the same way. I'm just out of curiosity, like I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if because as we get older, we talked we talked earlier about how uh, we perceive music differently than we did. At oh, a younger yeah. age, and how we that are, and you and Matt even touched on if we had video, would we remember it the same way? Because you guys were kind of conflicted in memories of the same event you guys went through together. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's just interesting to me. I've always been in, big into psychology and, and sociology and the way our mind works, the way we interact. And it'd be interesting to see if you still feel that way based on the sounds as an adult. That would be an interesting experiment. Yeah. I'll have to try that. Well, I can tell you this, it, and this is just me. I'm just being an old guy, but um, some of the um, the music I listen to now um, from you know from my past, I hear differently. They they resonate differently than they used to. Like like as a teenager in the '80s, like I listened to like like here here's a perfect example. Like when the song "Come On Eileen" by Dexys Midnight Runners, that's known as an '80s song. I liked that song back in those days. Now I hear it, I'm like, eh. Now, I, if I'm it's if you. it's turned up real loud and I'm paying attention to the instruments, I like mm-hmm. it a little better. But as a song, it's like the you vocals, don't feel the same way about no. It. Yeah. But like, I'll listen to yacht rock. You know what's funny? This, this is this is light rock from the late seventies, early eighties. Christopher Cross, Ambrosia, uh, Firefall, <laughs> some of this light rock stuff that back then I'm like, Ugh, what is garbage, that? Yeah. But now I hear that and like, I've got a whole playlist dedicated to Yacht Rock. And I, I, I understand that because when I was growing up, and, and you, you've known me since forever, I mean, I was real young, and through the 90s, you and I always talked about 80s and 90s because I was going, like I said before we started recording, I was going through my 90s the same way Rob basically went through his 80s. That was my formative teenage years. That's when I was listening to Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Metallica. Alice in Chains, Collective Soul, Live, Sublime, mm-hmm. Bob Marley, which I know Bob Marley's not a 90s guy, but that's kind of the stuff I was listening to. And I go back and listen to some 90s music, and Rob was always like, that music sucks, 80s music is better. And I was always like, you're an idiot, you're just old. <laughs> and now I'm I just like ink, I like the ink in your chain. I like, well, I, and I think it's what we used to do it all the time. Yes. We, we played tug of war. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had somewhere I was going to go with that. I'm going to keep it G-rated. Thank you. <laughs> so, so uh, but I listen back to it now. There's on. I was on Pandora. Yes, I still use Pandora at times. And there's a playlist that popped up a few years back that was Summer Hits in the 90s. So I'm like, oh, I love the 90s. So I hit it. And I was surprised how much songs, how many songs I heard differently than I did back then. Then I remember them. There were songs yeah. that I'd thumbs up there and ones I'd thumbs down and skip. And it's songs I used to love. I, I can picture myself driving in my... 
freaking 91 Geo Prism. Yes, my cars suck because we didn't have cool cars in the I remember, your, I remember your Tercel. The Tercel, yeah. The Prism burnt to the ground within like a year. Uh, <laughs> then, then I had the 92 Tercel. Uh, but I would like, you know, windows down, music blaring, and those same songs now. I'm like, ah, it's not bad, but I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's just it's weird how much... It's like, you, and you and Matt touched on it, which I thought was really cool. Do we remember it just because it was a formative time in our life? And... Doesn't still hold true. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah like, it's like interesting. I'll, I'll listen to Sirius XM. I'll listen to the '80s station. I know it surprises everyone out there, but I'll hear some of the pop songs of back then, and I could kind of pretty much block a lot of them out. It's like, oh, that's okay. So I'll slide over to First Wave, which is a new wave stuff. It's like, okay, now this, you know, this sounds different to me now. I mean, like back then I liked that stuff, but now I like maybe even like it a little bit more. Yeah. Especially more than the top 40 stuff. And I listen to the hairband stuff and all that. And again, we've not even touched the tip of the iceberg as far as 80s music yet. We talked about soundtracks already. I go about four DEFCOM deep when it comes to <laughs> 80s music. So, yeah. so we'll get there eventually. But uh, yeah, I, I love how you talk about how we... we uh, hear things, see things, see, feel and, things different. And we for me, with with sound being so, you know, so in, um, so much a part of like memories and stuff, <clears throat> I'm not really big on '80s music. You know, I mean, I I, I know it. Leave. I appreci- yeah, I'm gonna get, <laughs> get <laughs> out. Yes. Um, but no, I mean, I know it. Same I, way. I just want to say that in Rob's yeah. house. <laughs> it's this sort of. Like I, I know it. I recognize it. I hear it. I sing it. I appreciate it. But, I mean, 90s hip-hop and R&B actually is probably my favorite because that's when I was 16 to 21 yeah. was in that era. And that's so that's my favorite genre of music. The 90s was when everybody white listened to hip-hop and R&B. Yeah, you know, but, <laughs> but see, I see like Tupac right now. And, well, I mean, teenagers. I was yeah. listening to country in the I was blasting Tupac everywhere I could, and it made me feel so tough <laughs> on the way to church on a Sunday morning. <laughs> but... But or like riding now, around with my parents heading to the mall. Yeah, but now welcome I'm to Randy a, Nelson's Thug Life. Right. So, yeah, half but, dead. Uh, I'm out there singing California Love to this day. I've never even been to California. Okay, so I, I have. Know, it's I, not that great. I know this is an '80s podcast, but here's a '90s memory. I actually bought a pair of British Knights tennis shoes because if I bought them, I got MC Hammer's "Can't Touch This" on a sing- cassette single. Casingles, what we call them. Yes, yes. <laughs> which I, I used to collect a lot of, and then burn onto one mixtape. You know. Because, yes. But anyway, like now, like I'm f- going backwards in my like even past the '80s. I'm getting into like ELO and oh and yeah stuff like that, and that's that's uh, so yeah. Music is is circular, and I think you just get kind of tired of the same old thing, and you start listening to something that you disregarded before, and you're hearing it with different ears. Gotcha. All right, so that that is, uh, believe it or not, that's how we got around to the top five movies of the 80s. <laughs> it's a long way around. So I just gave Jason and Randy cookies, so they'll be quiet for a little bit. So uh, <laughs> right now we're going to take a look at the top three songs this week in 1982. So, yes, the number three song this week in 1982 was I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. One of my favorite shows, not of the 80s, but about the 80s, which will be another podcast at some point, I'm sure, is Freaks and Geeks. You guys ever watch that show? I tried. Oh, Um, my goodness. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just one that I was watching some of the other things that just kind of got... 
It's one of those, like, I sampled it, and it's in my list to go back and watch, and I just never did. Yeah. Try Well, good luck finding it, because it's not on any streaming service right I'd now. I'd probably pay for it on Amazon if I really want to. No, you can't. You have to buy a DVD or Blu-ray. You yeah. can't. It's not streaming. Anyhow, it's one of my favorites. When it was on Netflix, I would watch it about once a year, the whole series through. Only 13 episodes. Great show. But anyhow... Joan Jett sung uh, Bad Reputation as the theme oh, song. Nice. I know that from 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's that's my Joan Jett thing. So I remember when, when this song came out, um, female rock stars were kind of an oxymoron. But you'd have like, you know, Pat Benatar was pretty big at the time. Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac. But, yeah. but it had been a, probably a... A decade or more. Well, like after, since, probably since Janis Joplin. Was there yeah. anybody really big between them, uh, female wise? Probably Heart came out in the mid seventies, along with Fleetwood Mac. Had Christine McVie and Stevie Nicks, but no, like no solos. Like yeah. No, Pat Benatar came along, broke a lot of ground. Why she's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame today is beyond me. But I love Pat Benatar. I do too. But they did do it right with letting Joan Jett in. But this song was a very catchy song, and. It, Great song. Pat so, Benatar did uh, "Love Is a Battlefield." She did, covered by this fire's embrace. Covered though, this fire's embrace. You guys mentioned him last week. And yeah, called him Screamo, and I'm sure he probably wanted to punch <laughs> you for that. I did. I did uh, chat with him about that. He was he was just thought it was awesome that Matt messed up Christopher Reeves. Name. <laughs> right, calling him Christopher Reeves. Reeves. <laughs> no, it's Reeves. Uh, Matt messes up everything. Matt's Matt. But no, I, I yeah. just pictured Eric getting mad and going all Joe Dirt like, heck no, man, I'm a rocker through and through. That's <laughs> right. I don't listen. I don't listen to what was what was the band that Joe Dirt was accused of listening to? Leaf Garrett. Leaf Garrett. And, Probably more like this. And Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Right. So yeah, yeah that's right. Jeez. All right, so that was the number two song this week in nineteen eighty two, I Love Rock and Roll. So I just gave Jason and Randy cookies, so they'll be quiet for a little bit. So uh, right now we're going to take a look at the top three songs this week in 1982. So the actual number two song is Open Arms by Journey. Now, you guys are young, but you might remember something very similar in your day. <laughs> so, did you guys ever go roller skating? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah. So, yeah. we still, we, like, even though I grew up with a Nintendo, I still didn't have the ability to play with friends, so I had to go out to see people, and birthday parties were either at a bowling alley, or a skating rink, or a putt-putt course. Yep. We did skating rink, well... Later into the 90s, I was cooler, so I got rollerblades. Yes. But I started on skating. Skating rinks all the time. There's the one right down here in Grove City still. Skate America. Do you remember me DJing the Absolutely. skating parties? Yes. So yes. I, so, we did skating for youth group events. That's right. So yeah. those of you guys that don't know, I spent 10 years uh, being a youth pastor. And in those days, uh, we really didn't want the kids you know, skating to the popular tunes of the day. So we gave them really unpopular tunes of the day. <laughs> And made them listen to Christian music. So, and there is nothing like going around the rink, not holding a girl's hand because leave room for Jesus to some Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not getting, doing anything slow. We're doing the Great Adventure. That's right. So That's right. you guys, we're you guys aren't uh, you guys aren't going to be listening to any of that stuff today. 
No, we weren't that strict, but um, it was really a lot of work to find Christian music that the kids would sort of get into. And then that as a youth pastor, they would give you these charts. Like, if your kids like corn, I remember then, you then, giving us those. Charts. Then they're gonna like DC talk. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, just the worst. Yes. It's like who I, does this? Was, and back then, you would you would try to help us with that because I remember being a young kid asking you, "What's a good band I can listen to?" You know that that would be a good influence. And I'd look at something and I couldn't just go Google them. And, yeah, and, I mean you can't just find these obscure. You can't find a Benjamin CD at FYE, well, one FYE then, but you can't go down to Goodies. You'd have or to go to Christian Armory or yeah. So it was really hard to find. You should do a whole episode on eighties Christian. Music. I'm going to. That'd be fantastic. I think I'm going to probably have to have Matt and Chad more involved oh, in that one. I've got stories about both them guys. Yeah, there's a lot of stories about both those guys <laughs> oh, and eating no flies and all kinds of weird stuff. So anyway. Um, so this song, Open Arms by Journey, which Journey is one of my favorite bands, uh, particularly the 80s version with Steve Perry, not the tribute band they are today. But back in those days, whenever I hear, even today when I hear Open Arms, I think it's couple skate time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to find the cutest girl that will agree to skate with me and and we will do it. Poor guy, if that's what you're going to do. Well, we just heard the song. It's... Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. That's does the lead in, yeah. So so <laughs> Open Arms by Journey was uh number two. My blood runs cold. My memory has just been so my angel is the Angel is And the number one song this week in nineteen eighty two was Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band. Yes. Fantastic song. That I is love a, that song. That is a great song. I love the song back in the day and I didn't you know because it's catchy and it was the 80s like we just thought it was good music but if you listen to the song it's really about a dude whose high school crush becomes a playboy playmate and haunts his every dream mm-hmm. so well, see that doesn't make sense because he can just buy a magazine and, and he actually well, the, year, the years go by he looks yeah, he's looking through saying. a girly he magazine you buy the magazine why she's not haunting dreams anymore there's his homeroom angel with the pages in between yeah so I why his blood this, runs cold, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this song. It's very, it's this is one of those songs that's just hooky. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Whether you know what it means or not, it's one of those. It's like the Pretenders. You know, everybody can walk five hundred miles, but they don't even know the rest of the lyrics. Yeah. Centerfold's one of those songs for me that when I was growing up, if I heard it, or you know, in the '90s, heard it on a quote unquote oldies channel or something, uh, very hooky, very easy to sing along with, but that mm-hmm. catchy. Yeah, that that melody mm-hmm. is instantly recognizable. You were you were talking about roller skating and roller rinks and all that. I actually learned to roller skate to this song over there at uh, what was it Skate USA or Skate America over, over in Grove City. City? Yeah, it used to be I'm called the Grove City Skating Grove City back yeah. in the day. Well, my dad, um, okay, this is, my dad actually knew one of the referees, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, and his name was Ernie, and um, which Ernie has ties to Leave Mark Ministries. Okay. So. Because that's actually where Levermark Ministry got its name from was because Ernie died in a motorcycle accident. Oh, wow. He was really good friends with Steve Combs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the bar that they used to go to over there on, on Broadway, on Harrisburg Pike, um, Steve Combs, in honor of him, took his bike in there and Inside burned a the circle. Mm-hmm. In the, and that's Lamar. where Levermark started. I heard was that. Because of Ernie, which I knew Ernie as a kid because yeah. he was my dad's friend and he was a, a, a ref at... You know, one of the guys that, like, you know, if you fell down, he'd blow the whistle. And... So what you're saying is Leva Mark has a tie to the Jay Giles band. 
And there it is. Wow. Through, through Ernie and you. That's right. Boom. I just happened. I want to edit that part out. I'm not, <laughs> not really sure if they'd be happy about that endorsement. But, Who, Jay Giles band? Yeah. How do they know Kevin Bacon? But no, I because I was I was so young, and I'm sure I could figure it out in about two minutes. I would always fall down, and so I would I would skate with my dad holding his hand. And so dad was stopped and talking to Ernie forever, and this song was on, and I just let go of my dad's hand and took off on my own, and so I learned to roller skate to this song. To a song about a Playboy bunny. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what Back it is. Back in the good old days. But here's the, the, here's the thing, is like Jay Giles' band, like these days, is remembered for that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were a great, great band. Seen them live, they opened for Bob Seger a couple years ago. Who? I'm kidding. <laughs> I just shot Jason a look that would kill him if looks could kill. So, but anyhow, like they good live band, like a lot of good rocking tunes. So, there's a lot of good bands out there. like in '90s that are like that. Oh yeah, they, they get this one song that gets played way overplayed on the radio. Yeah, and you never get to hear the really good music. I, I well, sorry, I don't want to go on a tangent. We'll keep rolling. Too late. <laughs> I was just going to say when John Mayer came out, all this crap on the radio is really kind of poppy and soft and, you know, your body's a wonderland and all this. But the rest of the music he was putting out then, it was like John Mayer said, I'm going to make one song that'll get on the radio so I can sell my music and get in fill arenas. All the other stuff he made was phenomenal, but it never got radio play. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you know, he's he's an established artist, but that's kind of that same thing where you hear Centerfold, you know who it is. Most people probably may not know who ever did it. No, they just so hear you this don't song. Hear those other songs. Yep. Mm-hmm. And back then you couldn't just go home and Google who it was and nope. you'd have to go buy yourself. an album. Yeah. No. Or you have to listen to like QFM ninety six who play things that weren't just top forty. Yeah. So that was another <laughs> another story. We'll talk about Columbus eighties radio, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, that was the number one song this week in nineteen eighty two and that wraps up this week in nineteen eighty two. Together, Reese's peanut butter cups, real milk chocolate, delicious peanut butter. Reese's peanut butter cups and Reese's crunchy peanut butter cups, topped with chopped peanuts. Okay, so we decided we're since in the sake of time and this podcast being thirteen hours long, we're going to break up uh, this week and next week. So this week we're going to talk about. Uh, our favorite cartoons of the 80s. Now, here's a disclaimer. Um, I'm not going to have a lot of input on some of these just because, okay, in 1980, uh, I turned 14 years old. So I was a teenager in 1980. You were too cool for school. I was, well, too cool for being awake. So... (laughs) Uh, if you remember, and I and all those people, everybody remembers being a teenager and sleeping as long as you possibly can. I did that today. Woke did up you? Six thirty had oh. to be. I woke up at about six fifty this yeah. morning on accident. I said like, no come alarm. On. I had to ring her off. It was like six thirty something. I was awake. I was like, son of a. I told Leah, I'm like, I wish I could just sleep in one day and just not wake up on my own. Yeah. I guess I used to make fun of old people that woke up early. Now I'm becoming one. So anyhow, oh, you is one. I is I is one. You is. Um, 
So, uh, speaking of cartoons, that's why I brought a couple experts with me. So, I want to chime in on some of these, but by and large, it's going to be these guys, their memories. Because being an 80s podcast, like we, we want to touch on, on every bit of pop culture we can possibly think of. Because we can probably have 10 years of episodes by doing that. So, in, in doing so, it's not always going to be places I have got the most expertise on. So kind of like, you know, when you're diagnosed with some kind of a disease, you call a specialist. The disease here is 80s cartoons, and specialists are Jason and Randy. And Fair we're, enough? We're like the WebMD. The WebMD. At least myself. I can't speak for Jason. but uh, I can. He is. <laughs> he have a PhD in 80s cartoonage. Um, yeah. Um, well, you know, as far as like, you know, I was six in 1980, and I was 15 in uh, 1989. I think the math is right on that. And uh, so, yeah, cartoons, 80s cartoons was right in my wheelhouse. It was my every Saturday morning, you know, get up. And, uh, you know, back then they had these things called TV guides. And yes, and uh, I would actually Preach. I would get the Teleview out of the Columbus Dispatch, I which was that. kind of like a pulp comic book uh, version of a TV guide. And uh, I would get a highlighter. And on Saturday, I would highlight the little blocks so I'd be like, I'm on this channel watching Bugs Bunny, and then when that's over, I'm switching over to this channel, yeah. and I'm going to watch He-Man, and then when that's over, I'm switching over to this channel. And so that was my every Saturday for at least the whole decade. And yeah, so. now my six-year-old gets up and says, hey, I want to watch Gumby, and I go <laughs> put on YouTube, and there's Gumby episodes, and then he goes, I want to watch Angry Birds, and I switch to Netflix, and he can run <laughs> 10 of them in a row. Yeah, well, I, Kids I these days don't get how hard they No, yeah. We to, didn't even have a remote. We had to get up to change the channel. You had to like Because plan. your kid wants to be able to do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, had to, you had to plan your day out. You know, you, you had to get, you brought the box of cereal in with you, set it up on the TV tray, and just kept filling the bowl until there was no milk left. And I just got one giant bowl. Work yeah. smarter, not harder, man. <laughs> Midnight buffet, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pour the Salad milk, bowl, Pour man. the milk into the box and then just you know drink it right there out of the go. box. But, That's uh, it. So yeah, this is this is right in my wheelhouse. Cool. I'm excited now, about this. Now, before we get started, we're going to go through um, a top ten list here of '80s cartoons, and a couple of them. I made the executive decision not to include in the list because there's oh. a lot of votes. What? Those okay. are votes. You can't okay. no hanging chads. Here's one: Looney Tunes. Yeah, there were no Looney Tunes made in the eighties. Um, actually, there were. What were they, Randy? Uh, hold on, let me pull my notes up, Rob. The Looney Tunes were made. Nope, I don't have that note. Let me find it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. There were no while, original. While he's Looney looking, cartoons. the golden age of the Looney Tunes were in the forties and fifties. See, I disagree because through the, I think it was late 80s and the 90s when they brought out the Looney Tunes Adventures and all this, they rehashed it and started making. Yes, the original ones were way older than the 80s. Mm-hmm. But it's like we said before we started, there were serials and things that started before the 80s, but you remember them in the prime. I think Looney Tunes, like The Simpsons, spanned several decades. It did, but you, yeah. like, but the golden age. Watching Looney Tunes, yeah, oh, I would yeah. say as a kid in the eighties, Looney Tunes was one of my top favorite. It was one of mine too. Once, and as a matter of fact, Looney Tunes. I made a list. I didn't vote on this because I other people did it. I knew I was going to be on this episode, so I didn't vote on mm-hmm. Facebook. But I made a list of some that weren't mentioned that were my favorites, and that was one of the top ones I listed. Yeah. Bugs Bunny's my hero. Yeah, right. Looney, <laughs> Looney, Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry um, kind of go 
I think, you know, along that same line. The old um, Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because, they made, they made some into the done, 60s and 70s that weren't really uh, as good. They were done Te- by the same Technicolor, people. the color process production was, you're right, it was 30s, 40s into 69. Mm-hmm. Um, but production company, Warner Brothers were producing from 87 to the present, it says. So the original release date was from April 19, 1930 to July 26, 1969, and then November 20th, 1987 to present hmm. is how it's listed according to Wikipedia. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which I could get on there and edit that Wikipedia It's not make on our top correct. 10, though. We can no. we'll say nix it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I say, for me as a kid in the a young kid in the 80s, so I remember it more in the late 80s, it was one of my top favorites because it did include a lot of the classics, the Yosemite Sam. Foghorn Leghorn, you know. Oh, Wally Coyote was yeah. one of my favorites. Oh, oh, he never got that Roadrunner, but man, he was hilarious. awesome. I <laughs> I wish I had his, like, he was trailblazing. Like, he was ordering all this stuff from Acme yeah. before Amazon. Yeah. He yeah. was getting it <laughs> right. instantly. Right. Yeah. So, he, yeah. Had, he, had, he had Acme Prime, I think. Prime. <laughs> so, uh, that's one of another one, Scooby-Doo. Got a lot of votes. But Scooby-Doo, where are you? Yeah, was not in the 80s. Hmm, what like, was that? They had like Scrappy-Doo come along later. Uh, yeah, I th- they had Scooby and Scrappy. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Scooby-Doo was more like uh, late 60s, early 70s. Because I remember watching it um, No, because they, they did revamp the it. They did revamp yeah, they, it in the 80s, and that's when they added Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, which you know. which is not Scooby-Doo. Yeah, uh, reruns and reboots started in 87. Yeah, so it, actually it's funny, funny stuff. It, it only aired in 1969 and 1970. Only two seasons of Scooby-Doo, hmm. of the original Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, with you know the meddling kids. But back in those days, though, if, if you were doing um, a season, it wasn't like 13, 14 episodes. It was like 40. Yeah. So there's probably about 80 episodes of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You out there, which in these days would last probably seven or eight seasons. So it, it's a yeah. little it's a little different this way. And but it, the reruns have said they started the reruns syndicated reruns in nineteen eighty. So that's probably why we we remember as a quote unquote eighties cartoon. Probably. Yeah. So uh again, this is this is my era. Like I remember getting up, getting the box of cereal, sitting in front of the TV, we had to have it down low because mom and dad wouldn't sleep in on Saturdays. Uh, Scooby Doo, I remember watching Looney Tunes back then, Super Friends, which we'll hear about later. Um, those were some of my favorites. All the Hanna Barbera stuff back then was amazing. I thought you had to sit around the radio and listen to stuff. <laughs> your mom had to sit around <laughs> the radio and listen to stuff. Were, were, your, were your cartoons? <laughs> Sorry, color? sister. I know you may be listening. <laughs> you know how I feel about you. Whoa! I love your I love your mother, and she's a how sweet, <laughs> sweet and saintly lady. Do not do not deprecate she her. She is a nice lady. She is sweet and saintly. Do not be so. Well, do not case, ruin my perfect image of that woman. I've got a Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes. Um, the Bugs Bunny show is one that was mm-hmm. in the 80s. Okay. So maybe that's more of where I'm going. But I had Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes on my list of ones that weren't on the top 10. Uh, so I get your point. Yeah, they were older. I just remember them being on TV all the time as a kid. Oh, yeah. And I mean that in a good way. I loved it. Yeah, couldn't get enough of it. So. Well, yeah, the, they would they would air on like uh, in the afternoons a lot too, mm-hmm. um, in syndication, and a lot of times like once the Cartoon Network came out and stuff like that, you could see them yeah. pretty much around the clock. That's back when Cartoon Network was good. So one thing that's really, I know they're not on the list, but Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry had two producers or directors that switched: Chuck Jones and Fred Quimby. Mm-hmm. They were, yep. you know, I absolutely love the. Chuck Jones 
Bugs Bunnies. But not the Chuck Jones, but Tom not and the Jerry's. Chuck, Chuck uh, Jones. With some Van Halen, Van yeah. Hagar crap right now. Yeah, yeah. and then like, <laughs> which I and like then, both. But the Fred Quimby, <laughs> Tom and Jerry's, I loved, but I didn't like the Fred Quimby Bugs Bugs Bunnies. Mm. It was like so weird. It's like, like, how can you be so good at one? And yeah, you should and, be doing this. Don't yeah. Don't quit your day job. Yes. Um, and then the third one that, that got a lot of votes that just did not, uh, I didn't feel like was we should be having is The Simpsons. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Dece- December of 1989 is when The Simpsons deb- well, debuted, even though they were on the Tracy Ullman exactly. show prior. It, was, right. it, was, it does have some history to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the funny thing was, Matt agreed with you about Saved by the Bell, and then he turned around and said, on Facebook, he mentioned The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, so I'm saying, if you can't have Saved by the Bell as an A show, you, you can't, can't have your cake and eat it, too. Exactly. You can't so have how do you feel about Matt? Uh, how do, I love Matt. Matt is. I have fond memories of Matt. I have uh, fondling memories of him. Um, so, no. One of my one of my favorite memories of Matt. I'm not sure if he remembers. I was I was actually young. This might have been. This is probably early '90s. Actually, uh, went to a summer camp, church camp, and him and Keith Madden uh, were in charge of. Why they were in charge of anything? I have no idea. Uh, but they were in charge of games and some other stuff, the obstacle courses and all this. And this was back in the old tabernacle days, so our, our our doors were just a big open two two floors. You got bunk beds down either side, and wood no insulation. Wood windows open or closed. That was your air conditioned one bathroom. <laughs> and it was middle of summer, so uh, my cousin Farron and I showed up late. Well, Matt and Keith were on this ladder nailing all the windows open because it was summer, and they didn't want to be open shut, open shut. Just nail them all open. When can get through? A bunch of team boys are going to be in here. And that night it dropped down to like 52 degrees. <laughs> and of course, since we, Farron and I were there late, we had a top and bottom bunk right next to, the, to a window. So was, was, uh, was Farron on the bottom? And I I don't remember, <laughs> probably. Uh, since Matt full on body shamed me last week, I will go ahead and say that I did wear husky jeans in the 80s. Uh, that I, I thought that was just a brand name until I got older and realized that was also a description. Yeah. I, I was reading the size tag. I was, uh, I was wearing the same thing. Shit's, so yeah, uh, that's that's one of my fonder memories of of Matt is uh, giving me pneumonia as a child. Very responsible adult he was and still yes. is. No, I love Matt. Um, I want to have you and him on on my podcast, and I'll I'll go after him there when he can defend himself because I'm a man and I'll I'll do it face to face instead of trash talk <laughs> and daring, somebody behind their and back daring to say anything <laughs> right. back. This is my time. <laughs> is, you will sit there and take it. Uh, no, no, I love your podcast. Uh, as I told you, I was listening with my son. Your, your guys' podcast is family friendly. Mine is not, so my son does not hear our podcast. Um, but you guys mentioned my name, and I got to giggling. And my six year old Huck says, "Daddy, it sounds like they're talking about you." And I said, "Well, they are." And he said, "Oh." And he listened. You guys mentioned my name again. And he said, "Well, why are they talking about you?" And I said, "Well, I said, buddy." That's my friends Rob and Matt, and you know sometimes it's easier for guys like them to talk trash about somebody when they're not there to defend themselves. <laughs> and he just went, "Oh, that's not nice. They shouldn't do that." So uh, take that, Matt, from the mouths of babes. You're not nice. You no, go. I love Matt. I love the episode. But yeah, talking about these these cartoon stuff in the '80s, I think I've got a different perception because now I'm remembering cartoons that I would consider '80s cartoons were really older. They're just getting replayed. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe my list needs to be... I, I do have some that weren't on the list on my list, but uh, I, I remember things a little differently. I, we've kind of got not three generations here, but we kind of do because you were a teenager, mm-hmm. Rob, and then Jason was right in that the 6th of 1415's Cartoon Prime. 
I was born in 83, summer of 83. So, like, I didn't really... I, mean, I was five, six, like, like 87, 88. You, yeah, you yeah that's when I was really starting kind to... Of, and my memory's fuzzy about what I did last week, so... Your beard's <laughs> fuzzy about what you did last week. Yeah, there, there's a lot about me that's fuzzy. So, um, yeah, my memory's going to be a little off on some of these, probably. And I did not research a lot, so... That's the beauty. It's the beauty of, of what we're doing here today. Okay, so we're going to start with number ten. Yes, number ten, Transformers: Robots in Disguise. Classic. That is iconic. That in the movies is all I know about Transformers. Well, discuss. Let, let's okay. First, let's not <laughs> discuss the movies. Oh. Um, well, I like the movies. No, Shia LaBeouf. No. He's, he is the, the greatest hey, actor of the where, 90s. Where's the mute, where, where is the mute button? Because we him in holes. I, in the 90s. If, if nobody has any point of reference to the Transformers from a child and watching the cartoons, you can't say He's that, going to spend an hour per cartoon if you mention movies. No. Yeah, he is. He's very angry. No, I remember he, the cartoon being great. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't care about Now, those. the Transformers animated movie was yeah. amazing. You know, a lot of a lot of really good had Leonard Nimoy and had Orson Welles and one of the last uh That's voice... that guy from Spaceballs, right? No. No, he's a guy from War of the Worlds. Yeah. Oh, okay. Radio he, show. Uh, one of the last voice jobs that he did. Um, you know, soundtrack by Weird Al Yankovic. Um that but, sounds uh, intriguing. It was, it was awesome. It was Weird, awesome. Weird Al now, we get now, a whole episode you know, on him too. Little, little spoiler, um, you know, Optimus Prime dies and uh I, I will I will I'm not ashamed to admit that I, I wept openly and bitterly as a child when he finally died. Because, I, I mean, I, I grew up with the guy. I mean, Peter Cullen and his voice, you know, Autobots. See, I don't know any of this. I remember watching the cartoon and how much I liked it. But my boy likes it now, too. And he watches the Rescue Bots and mm-hmm. all the newer ones. Um, but it was really cool because I actually have a couple of the, my original Transformer toys. So yeah. when he got his Transformers out, which nowadays, like, on the back of the fire truck one... Uh, I forget the name. You flip the ladder and it transforms. Mm-hmm. Like I should have mind. He was so intrigued because it was like step by step process. You have it to took you half hour things. to you know, like, like change a fire truck into a transformer. You like you know. get done. Where's his arm? Oh yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. So uh, what I remember though, I remember that I definitely had a, a few of the toys and I still do. Um, and uh, I, I I don't. I you were you were at the age where you could know that stuff and care about it. I wasn't. To me, yeah. I think it's a great cartoon. I don't have any. Like I said, I haven't seen the movies. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, the, but... the cartoon the cartoon actually was crap. Um, it was it was a basic <laughs> '80s cartoon. All the animation was done over in Japan. Yeah. And um, it was actually the same writers that wrote the GI Joe cartoons also wrote things. the so the storylines were the same. But the voice actors were the same. Let's be honest. You know? Everything back then through these days is the same. Yeah. There's very few movies that you. you, you you have very few movies that are like a fight club or like, you know, one that just leaves you going, whoa, what in the world? Like, yeah, yeah, so a lot of the stuff back then, even some of the TV shows and sitcoms that are talked about, it's the same general concept. You've got a group of people, you've got, you know, the loud one, the goofy one, but, so mm-hmm. it's all all very yeah. similar. Well, let's be honest, the, the, the cartoons of the 80s, 90s were pretty much, well, even somewhat in the 70s, they, they were set up to... To entertain children, sell cereal and toys. And toys yeah, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah, I mean the, the just I mean, like Kiss, the, the whole just like, set up for marketing. Yes. Yeah, terrible band. Music sucks. Terrible band. But, uh, we mean, agreed on music, Randy. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, that's happened for the first time yeah. in about thirty years. It's pretty close. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> as as you go through the list, you're going to see that almost every one of these cartoons had like you know the the, the triangle of you know it was like we we have the cartoon so that kids will be 
wanting the toys so that when they play the toys, they can act out what they see on the cartoon. Right. You know, and that kind of thing. So yeah. you've, you've got, I Absolutely. mean, that's, they actually had to pass laws in the 80s so that these cartoon companies, so that these companies, these toy manufacturers like Mattel and Filmation mm-hmm. and Sunbow and all these companies can't do that. Because they were instead of being a half hour entertainment show, it was a half hour commercial. Pretty much, and they 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 actually passed legislation that said, okay, it's got to be wholesome, and you know it's got to be. That's why they always have the little you know PSA or the moral of the story. Yeah, you know at the end. So, which is the best part? Right. Okay, number nine, Muppet Babies. Yeah, this is probably more my age. Uh, I remember it. You kind of look like a Muppet baby. I do, especially if I pull my hair hair down, take it out. And, uh, I like the Muppet Babies, but it's not one that I remember really. It's, it, it's not. It wouldn't be in my personal top ten. No, um, it's not bad. All things Muppet, they're they're historic. Almost nostalgic. They're historic. Um, sure. I like the Muppets. I like everything about Jim Henson and everything. But the Muppet Babies cartoon, I can't believe it's on the top ten list myself. Well, we have some irresponsible voters, I feel, in a like lot of America, cases. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like America. Like a small sampling of our country. <laughs> yeah. Muppet Babies was, I mean, like you, Randy, I, I love all things Muppets. Uh, I grew up with the Muppet Show and Sesame Street and Jim Henson and everything he did. Dark Crystal, which we talked about before, which I got blank. Deer Nerd alert! Deer in the headlights stares for that one. <laughs> um, but, uh, um yeah, the Muppet Babies, surprisingly, as I was doing some research on this, Muppet Babies was actually nominated for 13 Daytime Emmy Awards. Get out of here. And it won seven. Did wow. not know that. And it's like the only cartoon in the 80s that actually won any kind of awards. So Wow. And also, I didn't know, it actually started in Muppet Steak Manhattan. Huh. Because Miss Piggy had a flashback where she was like dreaming that her and Kermit and all the kids were, all the other Muppets were like kids in a nursery together. And they grew up together. Wow. Which, yeah, so. I, 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 I'm I sure I saw Muppets Take Manhattan, but I don't remember it much. I saw it years ago. So, All right, number eight, Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. Everybody knows that one. I don't. Well, I kind of. When I say everybody. Go, Gadget. I know last week you and Matt did the geriatric version of what you remember from the 80s, and you couldn't remember much. Yeah, this one, though, this is a cartoon. I. This is one of the ones I tried to watch every single time it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, Inspector Gadget was kind of a bumbling idiot that had really cool toys. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was really his niece Penny. I, and, well, Penny and I, 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 I do know brain, that he was, yeah. he, was, uh, he was modeled after... Um, Clouseau. You no, know, through Don Adams' character, um, Get Smart. Maxwell Smart in the movie Get Smart. Yeah. A lot of cool gadgets, completely bumbling idiot. No, yeah. actually... It was, it was, um, he was voiced by Don Adams. Exactly. Which but is, he was modeled after um, Clouseau from the Pink Panther. And, um, I, thought was, I thought there was it was modeled after Get Smart. But no, it was actually, we'll go with that Clouseau because I never watched it. The, it was Clouseau, <laughs> Clouseau because didn't have any gadgets, in the though. pilot. It was, well, it was, no, it was very it was much a, the Mr. Bean bumbling. Yeah, kinda, yeah, Get Smart. He was, he was had Clouseau all the gadgets, mixed with yeah. 007 and all the 007's so, gadgets. Because oh, okay. he actually worked for Interpol. Well, this one, I love the animation in this one. It was very crisp and clean and clear. It wasn't a bunch of blurry, hyper-fast action. Uh, but the, the thing was it, it was, it was one of those ones that every episode, you got to see how he's going to screw it up, and then at mm-hmm. the end think he was the greatest inspector alive. Yeah. Uh, but the, cool, the thing with Inspector Gadget, hands down, and we talked about the marketing was the toys. 
because you wanted his helicopter hat, you wanted his watch, you wanted his, yeah. you know. Back then, you couldn't communicate through a watch. Right. Every kid wanted that. I did. Yeah. He had well, all these I gadgets. Mean, you hit one button and 19 things pop out. He was, he was, everything he wore was a Swiss Army knife. Hey, and Dick he, Tracy he, did that back in the 40s. Right. You're right. That's and true. I, I like, back, back in the I love Dick Tracy too. <laughs> but, but yeah. uh, no, he, he was like the original Robocop because he, he basically like slipped on a banana peel and fell down a flight of stairs and they said, we can rebuild him. And they built him and they put in, there's 13,000 gadgets inside Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that? I did research. He okay. Said, he literally said he's. I, I'm glad you said you did research. Instead of <laughs> I just know that, doesn't everyone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he, he's no, some of the stuff and... I do I actually just know. You know, yes. like I'm doing the research and I'm like fast forward. I know this, but um, but yeah, I, Penny was actually the one who was way ahead of her time because she carried that book, which was basically just an iPad. You know, you did a lot of research. You sure she did. I'd have been through five of these by now with my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, me too. I would have been through all ten. I would have read them right off. Yeah, I she, had that, like uh, she had GPS, she had Wi-Fi, she had the internet. Um, I mean, she it, she had FaceTime on her phone. She was way ahead of her time. Now, in the research, this was actually, I thought this was really cool. Inspector Gadget's going up against Claw, yep. who is the leader of MAD. You never see Claw's face, you just see a hand and his cat, okay? So there's a, a, a theory out there that Inspector Gadget actually died in an explosion. And Penny built inspector gadget to replace her lost uncle hmm. and claw is actually inspector Ga- is actually the original inspector gadget and he's that's, mad that's just some of that weird conspiracy fan I, like i said it's a it's a conspiracy <laughs> i think it's kind of cool it fits the storyline I mean, a little bit but it could or yeah. it could be complete and utter which they garbage. never said what the acronym mad stood for so maybe he's just mad because there's another guy out there posing to be could in be. <laughs> could be it's interesting so. Never heard that one. Yeah, so um, I, they did make a real life movie. Uh, Matthew Broderick played it, yeah, and then French Stewart it. redid it later. It, which, it was a directed DVD. French, yeah, French Stewart's one of those guys that has annoyed me always. <laughs> Just uh, yeah. I mean, he's on Third Rock from the Sun. I didn't mm-hmm. like him. I thought he was funny. Matthew Third Broderick Rock. was Ferris Bueller. That's Ferris Bueller. He's on Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Moving on, number seven, Voltron. So Jason just Jason just did his arm in the air like Bender at the end of Breakfast Club. Yeah, like this is a triumphant. I've been dying to talk about this. You go ahead because I don't know a thing about it. Oh, Voltron! Voltron was well. I was telling you guys earlier before we were recording that my one of my my favorite toy of all time in the all of the eighties was I had the two and a half foot tall uh, Matchbox diecast Voltron action figure. With all five lines separated, and you can put them back together. And um, great show, absolutely loved it. It's actually America's first um, introduction to actual anime. It wasn't a cartoon; it was actually anime. Mm, I beg to differ. Nope. I was. watched Speed Racer back in the seventies. That wasn't anime. It was. No. Look it up. <laughs> okay. Go, carry on with Voltron. So anyway, Voltron. <laughs> Voltron actually was um, three different incarnations of Voltron. The Lions, which is probably the most popular, was actually Voltron 3. Speed Racer 1967 anime. Hmm. That's a description of it. I don't know. I, I remember Speed Racer because of Rob. Fake <laughs> news. I... It's all fake news. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, But Voltron 3 was actually the Lions and the most popular. Um, Voltron 2, nobody ever really heard of. And the first Voltron, which actually should have come out first, was the Cars, which... Or the vehicle Voltron, which I absolutely hated the vehicle Voltron. And I had a buddy of mine in school that he felt the vehicles were better than the Lions. And we used to fight all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I 
I love Voltron. The open narration the, of the of the show is you know voiced by Peter Cullen, which is Optimus Prime from Transformers. So classic voice. So Speed Racer, known as Mach Goo Goo Go. Mach Goo Goo Go. Yes, in 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 Japan. <laughs> they should have just called it Mach Goo Goo Go. Yeah. It's no, really no, actually, it's it's Mach Go Go Go. Oh, I'm sorry, I I didn't read it right. It was first created uh, by anime pioneer pioneer <laughs> Tetsuya Yoshida. Well, maybe it wasn't America's first thing. Perhaps it, it was, was just, not. It was Speed just, people was. thought it was a cartoon. It was actually anime. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the difference. To me, anime uh, is just Japanese cartoons. With, yeah, they're, they're just cartoons with wider eyes and, and, and over, <laughs> right. yeah. overly dramatic stuff and lots of close-ups. Yeah, yeah close-up and, and speed lines. Yeah, yeah, behind them, yes. Yeah. So that, that, so that just seems like the easy way out. Like yeah. somebody said, draw a cartoon, that's what I do. Just draw a bunch of speed like, lines and a They're like, oh, thing. it's anime. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. but, I mean, again, you know, in 80, so Voltron was so formulaic. It was like, you know, the, the bad guys would create a robeast, which is this giant robot monster. They would go out in the different lions. There's five different lions. They'd go out. They'd try to fight as the lions. They'd all get their butt kicked. And then they'd like, oh, well, we need to form Voltron. So they form Voltron. That literally takes like five minutes. Um, you know, well, it's just the climax. So then they fight and they fight and they fight. And the Roby starts getting the better of Voltron. So he kicks him off, forms his sword for the first time. I don't know why you don't do that at the beginning. Why not? Yeah. And it's I like, would have. That's the first thing I like, would have done. Slash, make a sword. Slash, slash, slash. The Robies that is destroyed. Nice. Voltron wins. Here's, 30 the thing. Minutes Here's my done. problem with Voltron, and apparently you love it a lot, so I'm going to kind of poop on your parade. <laughs> it's the same problem I have with Power Rangers. Now, if one or two people get attacked and they call five of them, why not just turn into the giant robot, bust out the lasers, and kill the guy and go home? Exactly. Well, or, you wouldn't have the Power Rangers if it wasn't for Voltron. Potato, yeah. tomato, you're right. That's what I'm But my point is, this whole that whole thing can be cut down from a half-hour episode to five minutes total. Five minutes easily. With a storyline yeah. plot set up and then yeah. turn into a robot and kill somebody. See, the thing that bothers me is we've had, like, what, five Power Rangers movies? And I we haven't know. had one Voltron movie? I'm a little incensed about that. Wait, why don't you make it? <laughs> it was Steven Spielberg or one J.J. Abrams, one of those guys, like, dudes, yeah. we need to make this yeah, movie. Yeah, maybe I'll get Michael Bay and we and can ruin the whole franchise again. Wow, you're you're, bit, you're bitter about the Transformers very, movie, Transformers, aren't you? GI Joe, and you know. Do you need a safe space? <laughs> Speaking of which, our number six cartoon Where is, is my puppy. Is GI Joe number six? Yes. Real American hero. Yes, he is. Another great Knowledge intro. Is half the battle. So here's the deal. My GI Joe, when I was a kid, you was about twelve inches tall. Yep. He had the, the drawstring. GI Joe reporting for duty. Mm-hmm. Like he was a main. A grown man with the fuzzy hair and the kung fu grip. And then, you guys, we can't do it here, but you have to listen to Eddie Murphy's monologue about how, you know, they, they took G.I. Joe and shrunk him down and took away his manhood. Because <laughs> he became this little two-and-a-half-inch action well, figure. Well, three and three-quarter. I'm glad you said okay, action figure. Three and three-quarter-inch action figure. Mm-hmm. That uh, was not nearly as good. Now, had there been a G.I. Joe hey, cartoon in the 70s... It is not the size of the G.I. Joe. It's it is the motion on the battlefield, okay? okay. It is inside what counts. Gotcha. So, if they had a G.I. Joe cartoon in the 70s, it would have been better than the 80s version. I, I sit <laughs> this here is trying... your M.O. No matter what anybody likes, 
you say I argue everything, but your MO is, yeah, but it would have been better in my childhood. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, no matter what it is. No matter what. They, the I'm a huge fan of the 80s, but a, everything yeah. in the 70s was better. Only cartoons. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's, and that's my point. Rob's like, yeah, it's fine now, but you should have seen it when I was at that age. That's right, because no, you guys I, don't even know. No, see, So, G.I. Uh, Joe number six. Let's talk about it. All right, so G.I. Joe, as you said, started out as a boy version of Barbie's. No, he's not a boy version of Barbie. That's where. That's how we got marketed. Okay, that's why now how he got do you get created. so angry about Voltron and these fake tiger robot metal things? And can't get behind GI Joe. Uh, you just why said, you want to call GI Joe I'm Barbie? Not, no, dude. no, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> was it Hasbro or Mattel made Barbie? Hasbro, Hasbro made no, no Mattel made Mattel. Barbie. Hasbro made GI no, Joe. No, no. So in re- okay, whoever made it anyway. They saw the popularity of Barbies, so they wanted to make a boy version. So they made the GI Joe doll. Okay. Now, whoever made it, I don't care, but that was in response to Barbies. So it was a boy ha- Barbie. Hasbro did make GI Joe. Now that's great. So <laughs> I... oh yeah, let's totally just miss the fact that I vehemently argued. Okay. Right. No, Hasbro wouldn't GI Joe. I pulled up I, seventeen I, Google commercials here I, I, for GI Joe. I concede Joe that it was Hasbro. Right. Regardless of who made it, they made it because. To give the boys something like a Barbie-like action figure. Now, I liked the old, the old big GI Joes. I thought they had an awesome the concept. You could buy the different outfits for them and everything. Um, <laughs> you wanted to play with a doll. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, well, the first superhero action figures were Mego dolls, which was the same thing. You know, you you had like the Spider-Man, you can Batman, you had like you know you could take the clothes off. It was basically just a superhero Barbie. You know, that's just the way it was. Until Star Wars came out, they didn't even have the three and three quarter inch um, size, you know, range. And so then Star Wars ruined it. Star Wars. We can all agree you can on either that. say ruined it or started it. You know, but <laughs> but that's why GI Joe went smaller because of the popularity of the Star Wars size. And then they also realized that because they of, can make them cheaper, they can make them cheaper because it's not so much plastic. So it was. Um, I really did enjoy GI Joe. Now GI Joe was the true tri- trifecta. Because G.I. Joe actually started as commercials. As a toy. For the comic books. Mm-hmm. No, it, was, it wasn't it was a toy first. It was a commercial for the comic books. And Marvel was doing the com- G.I. Joe comic books. So they would have a commercial. And then in the commercial, they would talk about what was going to be coming in the comics. So then they, then they realized, well, we could market toys. And then they made the toys. And then they started making the actual G.I. Joe series. So you had that trifecta of the comic books, the toys, the TV... Everything blended all together. Everything worked all together. And that's actually the reason why they came out with that legislation that, you know, okay, you can't you can't just peddle to kids, you know, in your right. show. So that's why knowing is half the battle. <laughs> Very good. Nice, nice. Um, number four, or I'm sorry, not number four, not there yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. Number five, <laughs> which should be number one, Super Friends. It ran uh, yeah. from 1973 to 1984, or as I would like to say, the golden age of cartoons. You can. This is the best. I would accept an argument for that being number one. I don't know if I'd make it my number one, but I can see that being there. I, I wouldn't contest that one too hard. Uh, my all-time favorite superhero is Superman. I don't care what anybody says. Superman is the best ever and will always be the best. The fact that everybody, I, my favorite thing to do is get into arguments with friends of mine about Superman versus Batman. Yeah, and I run it into Iron Man and a lot of the others. There's nothing super about Superman uh, or about Batman or Iron Man if you take away their gadgets. 
people say, and well, their money. well, exactly. The rich people that can afford this stuff. And they say, well, you know, Batman's a martial artist. And they, yeah, great. I know a lot of martial artists. That doesn't make them superheroes. Right. Superhero, by definition, has to have some kind of abnormality that makes them non-human. Well, and the fact that Superman, originally Superman came out, he was indestructible. Mm-hmm. And they went, well, crap, what do we do? Because nobody can kill him. Nobody can even hurt they him. They still can't. So they then Kryptonite comes along. So now the Batman guys go, well, Kryp- Kryptonite, you know, I can kill Superman with a rock. And I say, go find one. Hmm. I can kill <laughs> Batman with a Mack truck. Sure. All I got to do is run over him. I don't know. Yeah. In, in the, Iron in Man the... trips on a curb and smacks his head and bleed, has a brain aneurysm, bleeds out and dies. He's dead. Now, that won't happen to now, Superman. Now, I would say Batman and Iron Man, I think they're still superheroes because they're doing super there's, things. There's a difference. They're super space heroes. Yeah. It's kind of like supercar versus a supercar. They are super and they are heroes, but Superman is a superhero. Agreed. Superman is the ultimate superhero. I don't care what Marvel comes out with mm-hmm. or any of the movies that come out him. with. Nobody can beat him. No. Shazam. Shazam. Shazam couldn't beat him. Yes, Shazam has beat Superman several times. Nobody, when Superman was originally created, he was the top. In the Superman. Truck. That's the because he was the only one. He can be beat now is because people, you, the creator himself goes, oh crap, I've gone too far. How do I beat him? Actually, he got, he was less powerful. Superman can literally fly around orbit and change the rotation of the earth. That's Christopher Reeve crap. That's, See, Superman, but it that's happened. been a cartoon. It's Superman, been, yes. He, it's well, happened all over. Actually, he, he races the Flash and holds... Holds him in speed, right? Yeah. And people say, well, Flash is faster. Great, but Flash, Flash can't do anything else but run. Right. Yeah. Right? Superman can see through walls. He has lasers shooting out of his fr- freaking laser beams in his eyes. He can fly. He can jump, which originally he jumped. He, he didn't could fly. Only he jump. could only he jump. He and fly, he can yeah. take any superhero. He can literally stop a train coming full speed at him just by putting his hands out and digging his feet in the ground. So you're saying he's more powerful than a locomotive? Yeah. Fast, and faster than a speeding bullet. Faster yeah. than a speeding yes. bullet. Like, he, he is hands down the best. He cannot be beaten. The only reason he's been beaten is because they realize that, oh crap, if we don't beat him. We've got to make him at least a little We've got to make him vulnerable. Because what, what story do you have? So the only True. reason he's been beaten, the only reason Kryptonite even exists is because Superman was so great that they had to do something about it. It, it took Doomsday True. to kill him. But anyway, where but, are we going with well, that? Well, here's the thing, though. Yeah, don't, if don't get if, on if Superman wanted to, if he didn't have like that righteous heart or whatever, he could take any superhero on care of Shazam, Doomsday, I don't care. Chuck Iron Man, space. anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does. I'll cut off your oxygen. <laughs> Done. Laser they eyes. can't breathe. Done. Laser so they're all dead. <laughs> so this, this isn't actually an 80s movie, but if you guys heard of or seen the movie Brightburn? No. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. it. Fantastic movie. I saw it like four times in the theaters. So imagine, you know, Kal-El crashes on the Kent farm mm-hmm. and grows up. And when he hits puberty or, you know, around 13, um, he starts getting his powers. Mm-hmm. Only he doesn't have the moral compass that Superman has. Oh, nice. So now he's this this 13-year-old kid with all of Superman's powers and just going around and just wreaking havoc. And nobody okay. can stop First him. Off, that actually sounds 13, pretty good. It's fantastic. It sounds great, but any 13-year-old kid that has X-ray vision... There's only one thing he's interested in. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. <laughs> like, yeah. He's see, not worried about taking over seeing, the world. Seeing what's in the cookie jar. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You want to know if they're chocolate well, I was chip. I was talking about actual cookies. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. Chocolate chip or raisins where I was going. That's right. right. So, back to Super Friends. you got Superman, Batman, and Robin. Which I love Batman and Robin. I do too. Adam I'm West saying, and I'm Casey Kasem. I'm not saying. Yes. Yeah, he was also Shaggy. Yeah. Yep. Right. I'm not saying anything's <laughs> wrong with Batman. But uh, I was just saying Superman's better. I love the Super Friends as a whole. Yeah. I think it brings a good balance to it. Yeah. And they can play off each other's strengths. Oh, yeah. Except for Aquaman. 
if you if you ever noticed in any Super Friends, they would always be like, Aquaman, you hold down the fort because we're not going anywhere near water. Aquaman, my, you go make us a sandwich. My favorite, <laughs> yeah. my favorite thing I've ever seen Aquaman do was actually a Family Guy, where there's a girl getting mugged on the beach, and he's like, Hey, hey, you come over here. <laughs> he's out in the yeah, water, he's kick the water. Up on the land. Come over, I'll teach you a lesson. Like, but, come over. But the movie Aquaman is awesome. Oh yes. Oh, it's my twin brother. It that is. Yeah. It is. We it was just alike. I, I was thinking the same Dude, thing. I, I met him at a Comic Con, and my cool? my picture with him was absolutely hilarious. I think I saw that. Was yeah. he cool? Oh yeah, he was great. Guy. He seemed like he would be. So you got Batman, Robin, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and then like in later years they would bring others in, like Green yeah. Lantern, Green Arrow, and stuff like that. See, but what I hated, the Flash, I, I, I never did. Even as a young kid, like so it came out in '73. I would have been seven years old. Like I did not like Wendy Marvin and Wonder Dog, nope. and I did not like Zan, Jaina, and Gleek. The Wonder Twins. Yes, yeah. I. I'm like, we don't need them. We don't need them at all. Yeah, I don't so, really remember much of them. To be honest with you. Do you remember the the narrator? I mean, I remember the Wonder Twins. Yes, but... Ted Cox. Ted Knight. Ted Knight. Yes, yeah. Ted Knight from uh, Caddyshack. Yes, another great '80s movie. Meanwhile, the Hall of Justice, which, which I didn't even realize because he was like he was Ted Baxter on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which ran at the same time. Didn't even put the two together as a yep. young kid. Actually, the uh, the Hall of Justice was modeled after the uh, Cincinnati Museum. No kidding. Yeah, it's an actual oh. building down in Cincinnati. Good to know. Good yeah. to know. So, number five uh, was Super Friends. This is the taste. This is the test. Pepsi versus Coke. The Pepsi Challenge. Pepsi. And all across America, more people pick Pepsi. Pepsi. Time Pepsi. after time after time. Pepsi Cola. Oh, what a time. It's gonna be Pepsi now. The winning taste is Before we go any further, I wanted to thank my daughter, Kayla Artrip, for all of her work in compiling the votes. We had 89 comments, and there were well over 100 votes because many people voted multiple times, which is okay. But that's a lot of counting and a lot of accounting. <laughs> so, Kayla, thanks uh, for helping us out. Could not have done it without you. All right, so now we have our top four, and Jason just went full-on spaz when I said our number four cartoon is Thundercats. Yes. Jason, yes. okay, for one, I have only heard of Thundercats. I have not even, I wouldn't know the theme. I wouldn't know a character. I wouldn't know anything. Why was Thundercats, why is it worthy of a number four here? Okay, Rob. Sit back and let me learn you a few things. Um, so, all right. Uh, first of all, Thundercats by far has the greatest intro of any cartoon of the 1980s. It was absolutely fantastic. It was beautifully drawn, well done. I acknowledge um, that you have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, But the Thundercats was basically a group of cat-like people. Um, that uh, obviously was Taylor Swift in this cartoon. Uh, no, no, okay. no, and it's it's not cats from Broadway either. It's um, but it's a, it's a group of cat-like people. Their planet, th home planet of Thundera, was just being destroyed. It was exploding, so they got away in a spaceship with their mentor Jaga, huh. and uh, there was a a um, they got hit by some debris or whatever, and it knocked out the um, the autopilot for the ship so Jaga had to come out of um, stasis and he actually piloted the ship and then died on the ship um, trying to keep them safe 
and the uh, the ship crashed on what's called Third Earth, which is basically our Earth, but it's the third. Um, like there's no humans, and it's been like you know like the year three thousand or something like that. And um, so they they landed and they came out of their pods. Well, the suspension pod didn't work for one of the characters named Lionel, who was like a kid when he went in, but it didn't keep him at the same age. Everybody else stayed the same age. He actually grew up to be an adult, so he came out fully grown. And he was Lionel. He was a leader of the Thundercats. He was given the uh, Sword of Omens, which is the Thundercats' uh, sword. Great, one of the best swords out there. Second only to He-Man's Power Sword. <clears throat> and um, there was a whole group of them. There was Chitara, which was obviously a cheetah. She was very fast and hot uh, for a kid my age. Uh, there was Panthro. The cartoon was hot. Oh yeah, she a was cat person cartoon. Was cat hot. person cartoon was hot. He's and, into furries, is what he's saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Carla, I don't even know. I, 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 I continue. Okay, so then it was Panthro, who was kind of like the mechanic and the muscle. He was a a gray panther, voiced by the guy who played uh, Bill Cosby's dad in the Cosby Show. Uh, there was Tigra, who was my favorite. He was a Bengal tiger. He had a whip, and um, there was uh, Snarf, who was irritating. Uh, he was kind of like that family. This cat. cartoon sounds irritating. Well, it's it's actually <laughs> typical eighties cartoon. I'm gonna do this way. This is GW's favorite cartoon. Yeah. Well, there you go. Thundercats. You go. Thundercats is a Chris, lot. Chris, so you know favorites. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, but it's I mean it's, there's just a lot about it. The the main bad guy was Mum Ra, who was this old decrepit um, mummy guy, but then he would like call in these ancient spirits of evil and transform into this big wizard thing, and he. Uh, um, so it was it was really cool. Now, the cool thing about Thunder, Thundercats is that it became so popular the next year they spawned off onto another show called Silverhawks, which was the same basic group concept. But only, they're hawks instead of cats. And they're in outer space. They're, they're actually metal cyborgs. in space! This, this, yes. not, this, I don't remember any of this. I remember yeah. some of the characters, but... I used to watch Silverhawks, and then after the year after that, they did Tiger Sharks. Same basic character concept, only they were all underwater and they were sea life. So, like, the, the Chitara was actually an octopus. And... I want to watch this less now, knowing all this. <laughs> Me too. You have really... <laughs> so, I... I'm not here to sell it. I'm just here to tell it. And uh, <laughs> That was good. Thank you. Uh, but, the, uh, but yeah, Thundercats, Thundercats was a, a classic. I thought the toys sucked. I didn't like the toys, but I absolutely love the cartoon. And um, big fan. Gotcha. So, um... Number three, segue into your powerful sword, is uh, He-Man. Talk to us about He-Man. Now, all I remember, I remember the cartoon and kind of like the Dutch boy paint haircut that (laughs) He-Man had. Yeah. And I remember Dolph Lundgren played him in a movie. Yeah, let's not talk about that either. But Um, uh, tell us about, I know you remember a lot about He-Man. Yeah, I actually still got a couple of the uh, dolls, He-Man dolls. I'm just going to call them what they are now. I don't know how many inches they are, but uh, I've got He-Man and what was the blue guy that was his sidekick? You would know. The Orko? Okay. I've got that guy and he's got a thing on his belt where you spin the dial and he spins around and his fists come out and stuff. Oh, uh, no, I remember that's, that's watching He-Man and, and She-Ra uh, later on, but He-Man was a cool one. It, it's, it's the same basic concept though. It's the G.I. Joe thing we were talking about where you've got a hero, you face adversity in the last second he pulls it through. It sold a lot of toys. Um, I don't know if I'd put it in my top ten, to be honest with you. I like it. I've got some of the toys I played with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in the toy box. I should have brought some today. Uh, brought some pound puppies or something up here. But it's not 
looking back on it now, I like the memes that came out of it more than anything. <laughs> there's there's yeah. a lot of jokes and videos and stuff people did. And, yes. And, uh, yep. There's another story I'll tell you guys off there about one of the character. Maybe that was Thundercats, but it, you remind me where you're talking of it. Um, but yeah, I it's okay. I don't think it's. I don't think. I think it's way too high on this list. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, the voters voted. They so I'm voted rolling with it. I'm not. I, I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I just personally, it's it's solid, but it's not something like if I could watch again today, I'm, it's not good enough for me to want to sit and watch through it again. Well, I tell you, for me personally, um, again, with no, as I look at '80s cartoons, like this is probably the one exclusive to the '80s cartoon that I would think of, like. Oh, name popular '80s cartoons. Oh yeah, because it seemed like it. like that yeah. that was one that really kind of makes me go, "Oh, He Man's one." Yeah, I, you know, and Thundercats would probably be up there too. Uh, maybe uh, Transformers, uh, but like, it's iconic. I'm, I just personally, this was and again, I was I was real young in the '80s too, though. By the time I was watching really into cartoons, some of these were they, they were past they were their prime. Yeah, I think yeah. I think. Uh, He-Man ended in 87 or 88 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it same. could be, so that may be why. You know, but it's just... I would, I would say that the the, t- the four, if you're going to name four iconic 80s cartoons, it would be Transformers, G.I. Joe, He-Man, and Thundercats. Just because, I mean, even though G.I. Joe had its roots in the 60s, it was remade, rebranded, and refreshed in the 80s, and it was brand new. All of these were brand new concepts. All of these were brand sure. new ideas um, that, you know, they just exploded onto the scene and had never been thought of before and tried to be duplicated later, but haven't been successfully. Gotcha. Um, so number two, gummy bears. So boys, I tell you what, my memory of gummy bears in the eighties is a bag of Haribo's here. I want to open up. Um, I remember this being a cartoon. A bag of Harry what? Haribo, Haribo. Oh. gold bears, gummy bears. Man, I remember. No, I love. Remember uh, they sold these. I they sold these. I think it was the German Exchange Club would sell them in school to go for their Germany field trip or something like that. So I. They, they, what you're good. Oh my goodness! Well, actually, I'm not Robin good, but I, I can't have them. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. So we're gonna eat gummy bears in front of Jason, so who I'm apparently really can't have them. Yeah, they're offering me cookies and, and candy, Rob. I'm I mean, trying to. Jeez, like the I'm trying to eat your fat again. Is Hansel and Gretel here somewhere? I think they are. But um, this was number two on our list. Like I this remember is also, it. This is GW's other favorite. Believe it or not, <laughs> cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, Thundercats. And if I know anything about GW, well, I know a lot about GW. Most of it, I don't want to. Uh, no, Gummy Bears, the, the song, everybody mm-hmm. knows. Everybody mm-hmm. knows the, it's another marketing thing, man. Who didn't want a stuffed gummy bear? With, uh, your certain, your favorite one had the certain symbol on the stomach, and that no. was its power. No, no, that's Care Bears. Care Bears, I'm thinking Care Bears. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally remember. wrong. Gummy <laughs> yeah. Bears, I'm, nope, now I know what you're talking about. Now I can picture the logo with the Gummy Bears behind it. I was thinking Care Bears. Yeah, that's but Care Bears. the song I was thinking was Gummy Bears, because the Gummy Bears. Yeah. Jump, bouncing here and there Bouncing here and there and everywhere. Yeah. So I was thinking that. Yeah. That might make sense. That might be the gayest cartoon theme song ever. Actually, you know what? It's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, you were talking about me arguing so much last week. No, I'm just saying that that, that just sounds like a stupid theme song to me. It kind of is. It, it kind of reminds me of the ambiguously gay duo from SNL. <laughs> did you, did you hear it? Because on my Facebook I, post, I actually it. put the actual link to the theme song so you could hear them. Yeah, I've yeah. heard it. Yeah, I know. Now, the Gummy Bears was actually Disney's first foray into mass-produced animated television. Did not realize that was a Disney thing. Yeah. Oh, Disney. Crazy. Gummy Bears was Disney. Everything that I listed as far like DuckTales, um, 
uh, Gummy Bears, Winnie the Pooh, and um, what was the other one? Chip and Dale. Those were all Disney ones, but Gummy Bears was the first one that Disney Chip and Dale. Did. You mean like with Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze? Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. The Rescue Rangers. Yes. But, um, the uh, Disney had all, always done full-length animated features, and they were really afraid to get into mass-produced Saturday morning cartoons because they didn't think the animation was going to be there. Sorry, guys. Eat more Gummy Bears. So, but no, that's fine. You don't have much to say, so keep eating. Um, I was out driving cars and kissing girls where you were watching remember. gummy bears. Yeah. This is another cartoon I'd hard pass on. I could mm-hmm. probably watch it today, I don't care. But uh, I would definitely want to have this in my top ten. Yeah. But it was I mean it was like it was iconic because it was Disney's first foray into it. And they actually had really, really good quality animation. And Disney realized that they could do it, and then that's where we get uh DuckTales and uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Tailspin and Darkwing Duck and it, is all, it all started with the Gummy Bears. So would you say that Gummy Bears was probably successful in large part because they had like the Disney machine behind it? I... Yes. Obliquely. <laughs> I would say that obliquely. Not because Disney was pushing it but because the mm-hmm. animation was Disney level animation and yeah. I think that had a really good story and the characters were... Really... 2D whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the the characters and the chemistry between the characters was really good. And uh, the uh, really cool fact that I learned when I was doing all of my research that no one else did um, <clears throat> is that... <laughs> I definitely didn't do this amount of research. You relied on way you. more than I do. <laughs> was that um, Granny and Grumpy, two of the gummy bears, uh, were actually voiced by the original Rocky and Bullwinkle people. Wow. So I thought that was really cool. Hmm. Which I know... Um... Rocky was actually a, a woman. Yes. It, it was Granny did the female and, and he fought Mr. T too. Yeah, he did. We talked about that. And when Hulk Hogan came along during the, the, the Mr. T was in the crowd during the match with Thunderlips for there charity. Yeah. Yep. It all connects. Oh yep. and the thing that got Rocky really mad and hurt and spurned him into fighting him was because he made a pass at um uh Adrian. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Anyway, but yeah, Gummy Bears actually was was groundbreaking, and I think it really did have a really good theme song and tasty. Um, yeah, these and, are delicious. They're going. They're gone. Yeah, but oh. uh, the reason why it actually even came into existence is because um, Bob Iger just took over Disney, and his kids absolutely loved the candy, and he went to his people and said, "Make a show about this candy." Wow, that's crazy. Yep. All right, now up to number one. According to our viewers, our listeners, our posters. The number one cartoon of the 1980s was Smurfs. Hi-ho, hi-ho, off to work we go. No. Well, those are the, the seven, seven dwarfs. dwarfs. Oh, my bad. Close, though. I, I kind of... La, 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 No, Smurfs, truthfully, Smurfs is one of those other ones. It's, it's iconic, um, marketing-wise. Mm-hmm. Tons of toys, clothes, everything you can want. It's another kiss scenario. Um... <laughs> The cartoon, I do remember fondly. I would say this one does belong in the top ten. I do like it. Don't think it's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I always want to guard him out to destroy them Smurfs. Yeah. Well, here's my thing. How hard could it be? Yeah, they probably. all live in mushrooms, and you're a person <laughs> with a cat. Yeah. Uh, the cat itself should be able to go out and kill a few of these things a day easy. You would think. Um, yeah. any, what was the cat's name? Azrael. Yes, Azrael, right. yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's another one of those seems nonsensical. Um but for the for the historic value, the nostalgia of it, I do think it's one of the better cartoons. I think mm-hmm. it was well done. I think it was well uh, made, well written. Uh, I I do like the animation of it, and it 
is iconic, I think. Yep. This is one of those ones that I do think of when I think of my childhood. So, yeah. I don't know if it's number one, but well, again, I, I have been known to disagree with everybody about everything. So, what you do. Uh, well, again, the Smurfs, <coughs> the Smurfs like G.I. Joe, actually got its start in the 1960s. Really? It was, uh, yeah, Peo was a, a, a Dutch. Was a Dutch guy who had a comic strip um, that I can't even pronounce. Smurfs. Um, but no, it was, Smurfs. <laughs> it, was, it was like they were actually the too many consonants. Um, but no, it was uh, it was a, a comic strip that he did, a weekly you know Sunday strip, and the um, the Smurfs were like a, a tertiary side character that they came across every once in a while, but they became really popular, and that's where they came from. The word Smurfs, I found out. It's devils, isn't it? Uh, no, it, it was actually, he was trying, it was a made-up word. He was in a French restaurant, and he was with another guy, and he was trying to remember the French word for salt shaker. And he uh, he messed it up and ended up saying Smurfs instead. And they thought it sounded so funny that they joked about it through the rest of the evening. That's where the name came from. In the Belgian comics, they were known as, because I want to look at the word. Yeah. Lace. Strumps. Strumps, yes. Wow. Strumps. That's easy to say. Yeah. So I, I remember the Smurfs pretty well. Um, this was more of an early 80s cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember they were the toys in the fast food place. Maybe it was Arby's or somebody had like the Smurfs glasses and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I remember the glasses. So um, those were, I mean, those were, they, were, they were pretty huge. So it, Smurfs probably predates most of the cartoons on our list here. Super Friends, of course, is older. But I think Smurfs is probably the next oldest one. Um they were cute. Um, I didn't care for them. My friend David Yuska wrote a heavy metal song called Smurfs Must Die. <laughs> that's my that's my most vivid memory so of Smurfs. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. He's an awesome professional wrestler too. I'm sure he'll come and beat somebody up. But um, yeah, so Smurfs is number one. Uh, so guys, that's it for Living in the 80s this week. Thank you for joining us. We have two um, big misses though on this episode. Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I, I'm ending too soon. We're getting ready to end. Go ahead, Randy. Here's what are the my, two big misses? I'm just going to read through a list real fast so I won't take time, but here's ones that sure. did not get on the top ten at all. Albert and the Chipmunks, the Jetsons, Heathcliff. Wait, the Jetsons were in the 60s. Uh, I found that they were produced in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I, I made sure because I want you to call me out on it. Might be, yeah, it might have did some rerun, some new stuff in the they 80s, did. but Okay. Yeah, anything I'm reading, I made sure that it was made in the 80s at some point, okay. not just September of 89. <laughs> Snorks was one of my all-time favorites. The underwater Smurfs. Yes. Yeah. Pound Puppies, New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I was young. Dennis the Menace, The Care Bears, Popples, Shirt Tails, California Raisins. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Get Along Gang. I have a set of Get Along Gang bed sheets that I used to use all through my teenage years. And all what the about Gerbert? I don't know. But my two favorite, if I had to pick two of my favorite cartoons nobody's mentioned, one is Mighty Mouse, who I absolutely loved. It was the new adventures. It was, it was not the Mighty ori- Mouse is older. Not the original mm-hmm. 50s adventures. Right. Okay. Um, but my all-time favorite one was Captain Caveman. And that's what I mentioned you as, you, as soon as you said 80s cartoons, I said Captain Caveman. I was, Better than the Flintstones for me. Mm-hmm. I always kind of saw him as a 70s cartoon. Uh, he actually came from, <laughs> without getting too deep into it, he came from the Wacky Races. There was uh, yeah, two rock guys. He was based off them. He wasn't them, but that's what he's based off of. His club is kind of like Thor's hammer. It helps him fly and has power. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I loved I Captain remember, Caveman uh, in, in the 80s. That, so Mighty Mouse and Captain Caveman are my two favorites. Cool. 
Well, thank you. Is there any anything, Jason, that was left off the list you think should have been put on there? Uh, just some obscure ones. Um, I was a really big fan of Danger Mouse, uh, which was a British cartoon which about a super spy mouse and his sidekick, Penfold. Um, now, see, when I was growing up also, cable was just coming in to Vogue, and Nickelodeon had just started. Okay. And Nickelodeon, way back in the day, had some really unique cartoons. I couldn't even remember... I think one of them was called Simon. Mm -hmm. um, there was another one about a kid with magic chalk and everything that he drew. It took him on an adventure, and um, you know. But uh, I think there was there was some contention about um, you know Fraggle Rock, even though it's not a cartoon. You know, the, the furry shows actually counted. Mm -hmm. Fraggle Rock, I enjoyed. I absolutely loved the Muppet Show. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was a pretty concise list, and the ones that we hit were definitely in my tops. Cool. Uh, so just FYI, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels mm -hmm. ran from uh, September 1977 to June 1980. Mm. So it's kind of like the Simpsons, where it kind of just crawled into the oh, there we go, the radar. But uh, but yeah, the, I'm sure they were shown years after that. That's that yeah, was. I, re oh, I, really I remember that. Hong I remember. Kong Fui was kind of like the Captain Caveman, but he was a dog. Hold on, what karate. was the one where he had his kid with him though? Uh, Captain Caveman and Son. That's what I'm thinking. That was in eighty five, eighty seven, I think. I don't think we ever saw his his like the son's mom, like the baby yeah. mama. I would have been. An it's one of the teen angels, I'm sure. I'm sure, it probably yeah. was. So, all right, guys, all the time we have for this week. Thanks for joining us, and next week we're going to be talking breakfast cereal on. You guys leave me hanging. Living in the eighties. Oh, let's... <laughs> on the on this. Uh, this this, this very here. show yes, right gosh, here. Gosh, you guys are killing Same me. Chimes, I almost channel. said my own podcast name. I <laughs> so since since Randy's here and he is uh, one of my good buddies, a good musician. Um, I'm going to. This is for Randy. This is one of my favorite bass lines of the '80s. This is Jefferson Starship. Peace out, guys. Can you say peace out in the eighties? Uh, I say peace at the end of our, every episode of ours. So yeah, I I don't think I should do that. So you should say far out. No, that's the seventies. I'll uh, say. What uh, do you guys have like tubular? It, but not to Calabunga. say goodbye to. I think we just should just say goodbye. Cool. Man, the eighties sucked on outros. Yeah. All right. Well, hey. Don't you forget about Rob? There you go. <laughs> goodbye, guys. Gee whiz. <laughs>